we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I struggle to to comprehend how you would just, you know, willy-nilly sort of uh, say, hey, yeah, this is the God I like. I, I'm going to just serve that God. But I want to know if it's true, man. I, I want to understand the truth. You can edit that out, right? <laughs> he, won't, he won't be here next episode. Hey there, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to another episode of True Discussion Podcast, the only podcast in the world where you can discuss anything with anyone. And we know if it's true or not because we stand on the Word of God. We are your hosts. My name is Joseph Dobbs, still. And I am, again, joined by my very good friend, the beautiful, no, the Christopher pretty. Douglas. Christopher Hold Douglas. On. I'm not done. Hey, I'm not you, done. I feel like you missed your middle name this time. By the way, mm. Joseph M. Dobbs. By yeah. the way, sorry. I feel like you should change it though. Chris, I'm excited about uh, this week's episode. A little different. We have a guest joining us again. Right? Heck yeah, man. I was actually uh, not to throw you in the bus, but I'm going to let you do the introduction. Whoa. You sort of you put this together. You were the mastermind behind this, and you say you throw me under the bus as if it's like a like a, you mean that in like a bad I, way. Well, because I'm realizing on the spot we didn't plan a proper introduction. So That's I'm going to have you do it on the spot. I feel like we should have had <laughs> our good friend Jonathan Moore, which, um, so you, you run the Teen Challenge in Brewster, uh, Victory House. And I have, I've wanted to talk to you for quite a while, actually, since we started the podcast, you, you've been on my list um, because you're a local ministry uh, that you're doing, you're doing stuff. And so I finally was able to get a, get a hold of you and we had a, a, a relatively short, but really good conversation, man. I left that thing pumped, pumped because you're, I mean, you're on the front lines, man. So um, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into it. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, this is my first podcast, so uh, you know, cutting my teeth here with uh, <laughs> with this. But uh, so a little bit about myself. It's actually a. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, so uh, we actually moved to the area about. Uh, in, I moved first, and my wife came a couple weeks after me uh, to the area. We moved to. Uh, you know, Brewster here, Brewster, Kansas, and from Oklahoma City, which we lived since 2014. So, so is Brewster like? Is that like a suburb of Oklahoma City, or, or how might how might you describe Brewster coming from Oklahoma City? Uh, very. Oh my goodness, quiet. Yeah, um, I would say like I, I could tell you that whenever we first moved to Oklahoma City, we lived in the in the hood, man, and we mm-hmm. had. Well, I mean, we, it, it was like a normal thing. We'd have the guy that, that said he was an angel uh, oh. walk down the road with his sword. And um, okay. <laughs> uh, and we had the meth house, oh, uh, drug house across the street. And we actually had a drive-by on our street. And um, and so we kind of wanted we, – we eventually we moved away and we got a, you know to the suburb of Oklahoma City, uh, Yukon, Oklahoma. Uh, home of Garth Brooks. So that's what, that's what it says on the water tower anyway, but no, they, uh, so we ended up coming out here. It's a, it's a, you know, long story, but, um, uh, I've been with teen challenge for, uh, over a decade and, uh, I was working at a, a job. Uh, I was in Mar- I was a marketing director and operations director for a company. It was a water company, uh, that sold, um, water filtration systems, household water filtration systems. And actually, um, a donor of Teen Challenge um, 
uh, was basically, I was working for him and we were friends and he taught me a lot and, but it was a very stressful job. Very, uh, not rewarding for me at all. Mm-hmm. I was basically making other people's paychecks bigger. And, uh, there's a Bible verse that says, you know, that we need to work for God and not man. Right. And mm-hmm. so I just felt like I was working for man and, uh, my heart is ministry. My heart is in the teen challenge ministry. And so, uh, my wife found this job opening in Brewster, Kansas, uh, girl's home. And, uh, I mean, she called the directors that were here before us and they had like a two hour long conversation. Uh, they were wanting to retire and move to Missouri to be closer to their kid. And basically, uh, my wife, you know, she knew that this is what we wanted to do before I even knew what, what was happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we ended up coming out here looking and, you know, whenever I'm the type of person, I'm a dreamer. And I, whenever I look at something, uh, I see beauty in ashes, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I came out here, you know, most people would probably be like, you know, this is just, you know, a big field, you know, with a building on it. But, um, I saw a a potential for God to really do something amazing out here. And, uh, we, we prayed on it. And I, uh, I mean, like I said, long story longer, we, uh, ended up coming out here and taking the job. I didn't even know we were, uh, going to be offered a job, but whenever we came out here and looked at it, we met with the board and they offered us a job and I was kind of like, okay. Um, and so I was like, well, I can't accept the job yet, you know? And they, they looked at me all, all weird, like, okay, you know? (laughs) And so I just wanted to make sure it was the right thing for my family and to move. It's a big, big move for the family. And so, you know, uh, ended up, working out, had to tell my, my boss that, you know, that was a hard conversation in itself. And he's a salesman and he was like, well, just give me 90 days. Just give me 90 days. And I'm like, I don't think I can give you that long, yeah, man. Sure. Cause, uh, uh, but I gave him a, uh, I think it was a 60 day notice or 40, 45 day notice. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, just to get everything, uh, working, um, right at the, my old job. And anyway, came out here, uh, and so, I mean, it, it's so much more than that, but I mean, that's basically what led us out here, uh, is just, you know, my heart is in the ministry. My heart was, uh, you know, being a teen challenge graduate myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, this is where my heart is. I'm not, I'm not good at very many things, but I am good at this. I can, um, I can completely relate. Joseph on the other hand. No, don't. Dude, you're good at like everything you do. <clears throat> he's I don't want to get into this He's good again, for my ego. That's why no, we teamed up he, and did is this. That, is, that's why. <laughs> My goodness. No, I'm serious. This guy really is good at everything he does. It annoys me a little bit, but the fact that I do get to call him friend is is pretty cool. Cause then, yeah. Yeah, I awesome. know that guy. Yeah. So um so how how long has Victory House been in Brewster? So it's been here for 10 years. Okay. Uh, actually, we've been here for uh um a year now, uh basically. Well, almost a year. Uh, it's been here for 10 years. Um, it actually started out in Goodland in an apartment and, uh, it, it blossomed into, um, to, to this now, uh, and, uh, where we have, uh, 10 students, we're about to, um, go up to 14 students, which is a big deal. Uh, this has been 10 students for a while. And so, uh, right now we have 10 students and two interns, uh, uh, here and we, I mean, they're from everywhere. We have a girl from Alaska. We have a girl, you know, a couple from California, Illinois, uh, I mean, uh, Wisconsin. And uh, we have and a girl. what determines placement, yeah. I guess? 
Um, so I basically make a, make a joke. So, um, we're actually, our tuition is probably the lowest in the country. And, uh, I basically, you know, we're, we're by, you know, in between California and Colorado, I feel like they call those places first. They realize those are way, way expensive and they end up (laughs) calling us and they're like, okay, y'all are a little cheaper and you're not, you're still, you know, that not crazy, you know, far away. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, we'll get those phone calls and, um, from a crying mother, man, or, uh, you know, I had a, um, a mother call me, uh, you know, I've, I've done intake admissions for teen challenge for, you know, 10 years. And so, um, it's hard to not get kind of, you know, uh, in the, you know, whenever you hear something over and over again, it's still, whenever you hear a crying mother talk, it's, it never gets old. Like you can never, you never get used to it. Mm -hmm. And so they, uh, you know, I was calling, we're bringing in a girl here, uh, the next couple of weeks, Actually, from a rally we did, a mother saw uh, saw us and the girls giving their testimony and thought it would be perfect for her daughter. Um, and so uh, she has an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she thought it would be uh, good for her. And we had even the girls were praying, the t- students here were praying for her and everything it was a really cool moment. Uh, but usually it's just parents calling, uh, hearing about us. Uh, we don't really have many crazy like drug users or violent girls here. Mm-hmm. It's basically girls. There's a lot of abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of these girls have been adopted. Uh, we have one that was adopted out of Haiti. Um, just a, a lot of one was that was adopted out of Russia, whose mother was a prostitute, and mm-hmm. um, just a just I mean, it's just crazy, crazy stories from their childhood. And you can think, you know, oh, they were only three or four, but my goodness, I mean, from from three or four years old, all that trauma that's hap- that happened to them yeah. can really affect them later in life. And so, um, but that's basically a lot. There's a lot of uh, abuse um, and a lot of uh, stuff like that that hap- has happened to these girls. And basically, they're actually, they're trying to just do the best they, they know how to live sure. with it. And so basically, we're trying to teach them how to live with that. And one of the main things I preach to these girls is that they, is that they have a purpose in life and who they're, what their identity is and who they are. Because a lot of these girls, you know, they've been used and abused and they just think they're worthless. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the main thing I want to make sure, I mean, uh, they can, that's why I preach that almost every day to them. And because if they leave here, I want them to always know that there is a purpose in their life and that it doesn't matter if they make a mistake because it's not if you make a mistake it's when you make a mistake right like and so when you make that mistake that you're not you you don't beat yourself up you don't because i've had a lot of friends in teen challenge a lot of students in teen challenge that have left the ministry or or left you know whatever uh, or they graduated the program but they end up screwing up and they've had get fallen into depression like man i just went through teen challenge you know i was in fire for god and i screwed up you know you know i'm a i'm worthless you know that i'm horrible that's horrible and they end up had you know committing suicide go back to drugs whatever and it's it's a it's a bad way so it's one of the things that in teen challenge that i want to make sure that i get that point across is that no matter what you do you know there is redemption from that and there uh there is grace there uh, and what what's the age range so that I, you, w- I guess maybe that you guys take care of uh so <clears throat> I would say 15 to 18. Okay. And then I guess, so the teen challenge, but that's not all that teen challenge does, right? I mean, they, they have men's ministry, women's, yeah, right? Yeah. We're, uh, so there's, um, so I actually went through the men's program myself. 
uh, and uh, when I was 24. And so, um, but they have, they have adolescent uh, girls, uh, adolescent boys, men's and women's. And I'm actually in the process right now of starting a women and children's program mm-hmm. in Kingman, Kansas. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to get that ball rolling. There's a building already. I have a director in line. I'm hoping to get that process started because I get phone calls from an 18-year-old girl who doesn't have anybody to watch their kids. They're all alone. They don't know who the father is that needs help, you know, that can't, you know, just get through. Maybe they're in an abusive relationship, whatever that is. But we're just at this particular facility, we're not equipped to house those. Mm-hmm. So I right. wanted to start a facility. It's an old hospital. They have individual rooms, that kind of thing. Oh, and man. so uh, to be able to have a, and, they, and there's actually, I, I heard, I've heard good things about the schools in Kingman. And uh, so as far as having, uh, a women and children, a 19, 20 year old girl who has a kid, they can bring their kid there and live there and get back on, you know, track and back on their feet, um, through that program. So, so they're for everybody basically. Yeah. Hmm. So tell, tell us a little bit about the process. So you, you have, <clears throat> so you kind of talked about the intake process just a little bit as far as getting uh, a young lady here or again, elsewhere would be other age or and gender and things of that nature. But as far as it goes here, um, the intake, and then the program is how long of a program? Uh, so at minimum 12 months, uh, we have some that some girls, you know, buck the system a little bit or they, they, um, you know, uh, they refuse to do things. They, um, you know, they're very defiant. And so that kind of sets their program back if they refuse to do the work, because there's teen challenge curriculum that you have to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously in high school. Um, so they have to stay on track with that. There's something called academic discipline. If you don't, if you're not up to date with your studies, that kind of thing that sets you back. So it's usually around 12 to 15 months. Mm-hmm. We have parents wanting their kids. Uh, we, had, we had a conversation with a parent that said that their daughter's never been this active in school and done this well in school and actually finished stuff. And he wants her here for two years (laughs) to finish school. (laughs) I don't know if I, I don't know if I can do that or not. Um, but it is, uh, you know, uh, I'm just glad that we can help. And, and so, yeah, I would, uh, I would say 12 to 15. So is that, is, is it a court deal or, or I guess it, what if, what if they're in three months and like, man, I just can't cut it. I want to go home. Can they go home, or 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 is that, or is there a, a conversation between y- you and and the parents, or, or what is it? What does that look like? So, <clears throat> I'm, it'd probably be better to answer your question comparing adults uh-huh. and and kids. So, uh, adult programs, whenever because uh, I was the director of an adult program in Oklahoma City. And if there was a guy that was bucking this or like doing like not following the rules, I would just say, sir, the door's right there. Mm-hmm. You don't have to stay here. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're you. Uh, and so uh, that was easy. You know, mm-hmm. you just there's the door here. Sure. Can't do that to a 16 year old and right. just say, right. hey, there's the door. Right. You know? right. Yeah. So uh, basically you have to just talk them through it. Make sure. And uh, another very important thing is being on the same page with the parents. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I say in admissions is say, you know, they're going to probably say all kinds of things about us. It doesn't really happen often, honestly, but they might say, you know, there's all these rules here and all this. And um, so I make sure beforehand, I let the parent know, like uh, make sure that we're on the same page. We communicate really well with the parents mm-hmm. uh, because 
first off, it's a big decision to send your 16, sometimes, you know, from California, Alaska, to right. send your 16-year-old daughter all the way here. It's a big yeah. deal. Right. And it's a really hard decision for a mom or dad to do that. Absolutely. And so whenever they get here, uh, we just make sure we have that communication very, very well with that, with that parent. And, um, but if they do that, we always let the, the parent know, Hey, uh, you know, we have, we have an issue with a lot of girls that like to cut themselves. So, um, uh, you know, I'd tell the parent, you know, we're not a lockdown facility. We can't, you know, they're not in a cell or anything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we, but we cut, we lock everything up here. Um, but I can't, so if something were to happen or let's say a girl, you know, sprains an ankle or something like that. Mm -hmm. We're like, Hey, you know, we, we text the mom or call the mom immediately, that kind of thing. And, but if they're like punching a hole through the wall, cause we had that happen recently, Yikes. um, <laughs> and we'll tell the mom, Hey, you know, this happened. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, communication is really key with that. But we, we have, we, we just talk them through it because mm-hmm. at least they're having that issue here and right. not out outside of here. Yeah. Cause oh, okay. if it was outside of here, they might, you know, cut themselves. They might try to um, take their lives, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And so we're glad that happens here because we can talk them through it and teach them how to get through that. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. Very cool. Um, I, I do want to back up a little bit. Um, I think one of the things that I have experienced in my journey um, is, uh, see, like a criteria for... Uh, what makes a, a person, um, gosh darn it, what, about, what am I trying to say here? When they are like qualified? Yeah, qualified. Or? Gosh darn it, I'm sorry. You can edit all that out, right? Yeah, we'll totally uh, edit that out. So that, that's one of the things that I've run into in my process is being under <coughs> under qualified, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about your process coming up like in in life um we we i feel like we have a pretty good understanding and i got some questions as far as the the ministry here but if we could i and if you're willing i'd like to to kind of talk about how you grew up and and how are you qualified finger quotes um because because you you clearly are and so um it, it, yeah. Yeah, i'm not qualified to do anything like this. <laughs> I I mean, i have to absolutely uh, lean on the on the Lord and, and the Holy Spirit to guide me. Uh, without Him, uh, I, I mean, I'm it's it's pointless. I mean, I so I definitely. Um, but as far as these girls, you know, because they can say, you know, they're going through this, or you don't understand. That ain't true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I'm you know I like I said I'm a Teen Challenge graduate, and I can I can definitely relate. I'm not a teenage girl. But, right. <laughs> sure. But sure. I mean, but as yeah. far as um, for the really, listeners who didn't really, know, <laughs> for, well, the, to um, to compare the adult and teens, like they really all have the same issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy because even adult men, I mean, there's a lot of abuse mm-hmm. and a lot of guys that went through just guys don't talk about it as often. And so like a lot of times this behavior, it stems from abuse. Like right. being younger, I'm blessed. I I never was. I I actually to start my story. I was actually raised in a Christian home, a good home, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I um I just fell in with the wrong crowd, mm-hmm. and I um uh, it, it was just a uh, I don't know. I just fell in the wrong. So wrong was crowd. that in your simple. teenage years? Then? Yeah. So I started. Uh, I was born in Bryan College Station, uh, Texas, uh, Houston area, uh, and um. Uh, 
I'm, I'm a huge Houston Astros fan. So whoever's out there, <laughs> um, you know, save your jokes. But I, but yeah. So I, st- I, I'm, I'm from Texas, and it started uh, actually in 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 youth group. <laughs> to be honest oh, with wow. you, uh, I I started uh, uh, the it was the 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 t- the two friends I had we three or four friends I had we met all in youth group is basically how we all hung out and we we met met there and we realized oh we go to the same high school because our group my graduating class another thing that'll probably it was 600 people in my graduating class here i think in brewster's like 10 right so (laughs) um so that's kind of um how and i was a big uh sports guy uh you know i played a lot of baseball um i wasn't i I played football but like i said there's a lot of guys that were a lot better than me (laughs) so i mean i was like third fourth string but uh Mm -hmm. but baseball i was it was my niche you know i was really good at that Mm -hmm. and so uh that was my sport, but I also, um, I hung out with, you know, the stoner kids and the stoner guys, you know, I like to smoke weed and, and hang out with them. I just wanted to be cool. I just wanted to be able to, you know, hang out, follow the crowd. And, um, I never, you know, my parents loving, loving parents, but, um, as far as, um, my dad, he worked all the time. Mm-hmm. He actually, he taught me my work. Ethic. I've mm. very good work ethic because of him, but and he just wasn't. So my dad was, um, uh, manager of a JC Penny mm-hmm. and, uh, he, you know, not call, didn't have a college degree. And he started out, you know, as a single, you know, just a sales associate and he worked his way to the manager making six figures. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm a key, uh, worked very, very hard, um, uh, to provide for his family. And so, uh, my mom is the one that forced us to go to church and try to get that. But, you know, I, I did everything. I went to the mission trips, youth trips, uh, heard Louis Giglio speak and David Crowder and passion, all of them before they were even that popular, wow. you know, in Florida. Uh, and so I used to, I was in the drama team and, you know, we would, uh, I would do drama and, uh, with the youth group and, and do all of that sung in the choir, did all of that, man. And I was the, 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 the choir guy, but I just wanted to, I guess I just wanted to fit in and I wanted to, and that was like the, the crowd that I would hang out with. And I, I guess that was all around me was, you know, smoking weed, drinking. And, um, it was a suburb of Fort Worth that I went to high school with Weatherford, uh, Texas, but, um, it was just one high school there and that's what everybody did. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of fell aligned with that. And, uh, so around like 17, 18, uh, I, it's actually a crazy story. So my, my friend, my friend's grandmother, um, had, uh, this is pretty harsh, uh, story, but my friend's grandmother was, uh, had cancer and she would get, uh, and this is back in 2003. And so is when Oxycontin was being handed out like candy mm. and, uh, do y'all know what Oxycontin is? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah yep, it's basically, yep. you know, synthetic heroin. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, and people like, there's a documentary, I think on Netflix about this specific subject, how in that, around that time, Oxycontin was just being rampant. And so my friend stole them from her. She never took them. 
And so she had hundreds of like, just that she never took that she got mailed to her mm. and they were just like, uh, and so, um, I was, of course I was 16, 17 and those are very, you can sell those for high dollar we were sure. for yeah. like three or $4 yeah. we, cause we were just dumb kids. We didn't understand what we were doing. And so I just got hooked to that. And, uh, it was, it made me feel amazing. Mm. And I just was like, I've never felt anything like this before in my life. It made me more confident. It made me more, uh, you know, social. It made me, uh, more active and it made, um, uh, uh, I thought, you know, I thought at the time that girls liked me more, you know, or whatever that was, <laughs> you know, it just made me a different person, a person that I liked. And so when, um, but, but eventually, I mean, whenever you can't really go without it, you know, that's when the trouble starts. And whenever, you know, eventually you run out or eventually, you know, you don't have the money or whatever that is. And so basically that's how I got my start was Oxycontin. And we, uh, uh, I mean, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty bad. And so we, there was even one point cause his grandmother moved to Abilene, Texas, and we actually, uh, went to her house pretending like she didn't know who I was. And I would pretend I pretended that I was in the, um, band in Abilene and my friends snuck around to her back door and, uh, got it or snuck in through a window or something, stole all of her pills. And, um, while I distracted her and she, what even makes it even worse story is she wrote me a hundred dollar check for band equipment. Oh Oh, gosh. And so, um, just a, and, and see, and, and now, being saved, you think of, man, that person's horrible. That was me, you know? And I, and in my head and then, then, you know, I didn't care because I got the pills and I was looking forward to how that was going to make me feel. And so it was just, um, a totally different person. I was actually preaching last night that the girls probably wouldn't even, even though I looked the same, they probably wouldn't have recognized me because if they looked in my eyes, they would see no one home. Like there was just, it was just, there was no one there. Right. And I just, I was such a selfish person. Mm -hmm. And, um, so fast forward, I went to, uh, uh, my parents, um, got me into rehab because it was, they actually had an intervention with me. And, um, because I I guess what, what led to that? What was... So I've, I've overdosed four times in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all, op- I was an opiate guy, heroin, um, Xanax, um, Oxycontin and, um, Vicodin, that kind of stuff. And, um, there was one time where I, uh, uh, overdosed on morphine pills and I, you know, of course someone said, Hey, don't take too much of this. But of course me, I take, you know, as much as I want, you know, you're not going to tell me that anyway, I ended up, um, uh, overdosing. And I, I remember to this day how my body felt, uh, just numb. Like I, like I was numb all over. And, um, uh, do you know the feeling where you have to really pee really, really, really bad and you can't go because you're in the stuck in the car? Well, I don't know if you know anything about opiates. Like sometimes you just can't go like, um, uh, you can't go to the bathroom. And so I, for like 14 hours, I had to just pee and but I couldn't. And so, but I, it was, it was horrible, man. And so, but eventually I, I came out of it, but like my whole, my, my, my whole, my, I think two of my fingers were numb completely. Um, and, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. And there was, um, uh, another time what led me to my, to my mom, uh, I had taken an un, marginal amount of Xanax and my mom didn't, I think I slept for like two days. I slept through my birthday 
and they um, told me I was 19 at the time, and they told me to meet meet them at uh, um, I forgot what restaurant. It was a good restaurant though, but they told me to meet, and I didn't show up. And my mom came home, and I was really really pale asleep. She didn't think I was breathing. I was very shallow breathing anyway. And so that kind of led me to, um, uh, her, them having an intervention on me mm-hmm. and saying, you need this. And, uh, at the time I knew that I needed help, but I was just doing it to make my family happy. Um, there was no Jesus aspect. There was no saying, you know, um, there's no, it was, it was a secular, it was actually a $500 a day rehab that I got sent to, uh, for I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. No, it's you, fine. You have. I ramble. No, man. No, I like oh, the story. Gosh, so. darn. Yeah, it's super good. Um, now you, your parents married. Are they still married today? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then do you have siblings? Yeah, I have a uh, older sister. Okay. Younger sister and younger brother. Okay. So in this process of you ODing, and so the, the you talked about the morphine time. Was there was every time where your was your family around or involved? No, so my um, just to be candid, I mean, I was I, I lived in suburbs. I lived in a quarter million dollar house. Mm-hmm. Like my my family is pretty well off mm-hmm. um, at this point, um, and they it's crazy because I even do a sermon on this, and I have a picture of my house um, that I that I use, and I'm like, and I point to it, and I was like, man, I had this wonderful, beautiful house, a family that loved me, but I didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be you know, living in the sketchy dope house mm-hmm. with people, you know, like why, why, why was that? You know, why did I, um, I, I was searching for something mm-hmm. and I just, I, I didn't think that that was it. And that's one of the things that I try to instill in these girls heads is, you know, you have a great opportunity here. You know, you need to seize that right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my, I have a memory of my sister cause I'm leaving with my friend's truck and she'll still, I, he came and picked me up. She knew I was messed up and she was out in the middle of the road. She said, don't go, don't go, don't go. And she's literally ripping at his truck door handle. And I get in there and I speed off and she's in the, my older sister is standing in the middle of the road screaming, saying, don't go, don't go. I have that memory in my head mm-hmm. of, um, uh, but my younger one there, they were a little bit younger at the time. So they, they were in uh, middle school and uh, grade school at the time, like fifth grade and like seventh grade. So they didn't really understand completely what was going on, but my older sister did. She was in college at the time. Um, she's actually eventually who got me into Teen Challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how so, old how old were you when, like the first time you OD'd? Um, probably 18. <clears throat> okay. And did you already tell that story or... Yes, I believe okay. so. Um, there was uh, two times. Well, there was uh, two times before um, before I turned nineteen, and then later on in life, after um, I, another couple of times, which led me into Teen Challenge. Okay, so in retrospect, you, you had mentioned something earlier, and I thought I thought I I appreciate it very much because the eyes don't lie, right? Yeah. Um, can you do you recall? I mean, I guess as you as in again, it would be in retrospect, but just that look in your your mom's eyes when I mean, not just the intervention, but just that OD or or like you just had talked about you you driving speeding off in a pickup, and your sister saying "Don't go, don't go." What does that do for your heart now? Do you recall that? I mean, the eyes don't lie, man, and that's yeah. that's a big one, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's all obviously. I think 
um, I don't like to have regrets because I sure. feel like everything yeah, that's right. happened in my life has led me to where I am. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and God's. Um, but as as far as because um, I don't have any unforgiveness with myself anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, I can just it didn't have any really effect. Okay. At all. Mm-hmm. And which, uh, you know, I've never thought about that, honestly. Sure. But so, now, I mean, was that because you were so focused on this other, th- or I, bound by that sort of thing? Yeah, or? I was absolutely. And I, I only cared about myself. I only mm-hmm. cared about where am I going to get messed up tonight? What am I going to do? Like, this is, this is like the now. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really care about, you know, my, my relationships with my fan, whatever that is, which praise the Lord that our relationships are all still intact and we're all good. And there mm-hmm. hasn't been, I mean, we're a pretty close family. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't want me to move out here. Sure. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. They wanted me to be closer, but my, my dad actually said something cause they had family counseling here mm-hmm. and, um, which, um, the next part of this story is going to blow you away. But so the, um, so my dad in this re- rehab, it was in Stephenville, Texas, and it was the $500 a day place where all I did was smoke cigarettes. I, I, I smoked probably a carton every couple of days and just sat there. That's all I did. And the guy gave me a whole bunch of Seroquel and, and just... What is that? It's antipsychotic. Okay. Mm. And apparently, because I'm, I'm, psych- I'm psychotic <laughs> because I wanted a part... So, so, uh, but my dad told me that anytime he heard an ambulance... Or he heard any he he drew, he got out in his car, drove and made sure it wasn't me, mm. and made sure that I because he thought that I was gonna die one like he was like he they he had it made up in his mind, and hearing my dad because I told you my dad he was a worker we didn't really have, um we argued a lot whenever we saw each other but we. I think I think now looking back, it was because he saw the potential in me, mm-hmm. and I was wasting it. And uh, but I mean, to hear my dad say something like that is profound because he doesn't talk like that. Mm. And so, uh, but again, I mean, at the time, I because I, I was sober and I and I I felt it at the time, uh, but. Um, man. I'm sorry. Was this, so this was just after, or did it was this, this was during later? my first rehab stint. And he told you this, he told me that, that like point. it was a family okay. counseling kind okay, of thing okay. and the family came you and they were trying that. to support me and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But that rehab actually sent me to a halfway house in Brown, uh, Brownwood, Texas. And this was a 19 and looking back, I'm, I'm a 19 year old kid. And they sent me to a place where it was like 35, 40 year old men just getting out of prison. Mm. Very, very harsh um, guys. And which I don't know why they sent back. That was their advice was to send me, send me there. My mom, um, you know, brought me and she was like, okay. And, you know, she was kind of a little, you know, but again, but um, I had, whenever I got there, I wanted to do better. But at the same time, whenever everybody around you is, you know, cause the first, um, so I never had smoked crack before. First time I ever smoked crack was in that halfway house mm. in the place that that rehab sent me. Butch. Right. And so, uh, I had never, I mean, uh, I had everybody around me was, uh, I guess there was a couple of guys and they were like, Hey, you know, they have, you know, uh, they, they brought it and I was like, oh, I've never done that before, you know? And, um, anyway, it, um, Led down a really, really bad road. I actually got a good job at first. I got a good job. It was $9 an hour back then in 2004. It was actually not bad. <laughs> sure. And uh, I was working at Kohler and uh, uh, they, making tanks to toilets. Hmm. And 
uh, I was a forklift driver and I loved the job. It was good paycheck. And, uh, I, I, it was a good job. And so, but I, of course I ruined it. Um, I, it was literally, I would get heat rash from working in there. It was so hot and I would stay up all night smoking crack and I would go in oh, there geez. and that drive hot, a forklift, drive a forklift oh, and, um, and be, it was so hot. And I, it was probably, I'm just glad I was young and kind of in shape because I mean, I don't, I don't know how I lived through that. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so they, they ended up, uh, kicking me out, um, cause I avoided drug tests. And so this was at the halfway house. Yeah. Okay. And, um, they, you know, I was started cause I wasn't an upper guy. I mean, I kind of was, but I was more of a downer guy and they introduced me to like meth and crack and, mm. and all of that. And, um, I'm, you know, it still doesn't, um, uh, like I like coffee even like kind of makes me, you know, kind of wiry, oh, that kind of okay. thing, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, but I, I've never really liked to that. like like that feeling, but mm-hmm. at the time it was like, you know, um, you know, it's, it's what it is. It's sort of around me. I'm going to do it. So, but, but anyway, and everybody around me, if they're doing it, I mean, you know, sure. and that kind of goes to like whenever I first went to the teen challenge. Um, uh, but I can tell you that in a second, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to know how that all leads to. Because you said the uh, that uh, intervention, or I guess the first one. I guess I don't know how many there was, but you. It you, was just that one. Okay. The so leading into teen challenge. So I I ended up leaving that halfway house and getting out of there. Uh, they kicked me out. Um, I had to pawn a bunch of stuff to get gas money to go home. And my at the time, my dad took a transfer to Oklahoma, and. Uh, Little did I, I didn't know at the time, but they wanted, they knew I was coming back. And so my dad called the company and was like, Hey, can I transfer out of this area? Cause they're trying to get me out of that area. Mm. And so the, I didn't know at the time, I thought he just got transferred cause he had transferred from, uh, like three or four times in my life already. So I just thought it was just another transfer, but I found out later that they're trying to get me out of, uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area. Oh, okay. And so we moved to a lot in Oklahoma, um, which is not much better at all for sale, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The place is not, um, I think it's one of the highest crime by population per capita in, in the nation. Yikes. <laughs> and so, uh, it's, it's, it's up there for sure. And so we moved there and, um, uh, I, I start right wherever I, you know, I did do a lot of moving around whenever I was younger. I moved, I lived in Austin. I went, moved back and I left and, and moved to Fort Worth. And during all this time of me moving around and that's my, you or your, f- that's you. me. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I'm all over the place sometimes. No, no, no. It's no, okay. Good. Uh, cause so we're, I guess maybe I'll, I'll sort of, uh, explain where I understand where I is that. So like 18, 19, that's when you have intervention, you go to the rehab, the $500 a day rehab, uh, your dad gets pretty real with you, uh, and then they suggest a halfway house, which really was just a a messed up place where you experienced uppers rather than the the other things you yeah. experienced. And you get a job that, of course, doesn't doesn't work out well. Then you are moving to uh, Lawton, right? Yeah. Well, okay. I yeah, I moved for a little bit, and then I I I wanted to go back to Texas. I okay. couldn't stay in Lawton. I see. And so, uh, uh, it, uh, so basically 
I, I didn't, I couldn't stay in Lawton. So we, I, I, I moved back. I moved to Austin for a while. Of course, uh, if you know about Austin's crazy party town, mm-hmm. it's actually booming right now. Everybody's moving there, but it, uh, ended up going there, getting arrested, uh, getting, um, uh, public intoxication and, um, uh, now was that the first time you were arrested? No, I no. forgot to mention that too. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's there's a lot of things that have happened in my life that I'm gonna miss. I but no, I've been arrested six times in my life, mm-hmm. uh, and I've had uh, controlled substance uh, charge. I've had three DUIs, um, and uh, I've had a couple of public intoxications. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times where it was where I would. Uh, uh, it wasn't like because public intoxication, you can just get it take it for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I was just being very annoying to the cops at the time. <laughs> sure. And they're like, yeah, we're taking you to jail, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, um, I got arrested there. Uh, my car got broken into in Austin and it was just a bad experience for me. Uh, my friend's dad actually came out there and was like, yeah, you need to get out of here kind of thing. And so I ended up living, leaving Austin. I lived in Fort Worth for a while. Um, while my parents were in Lawton, um, I just, uh, just partying, man. It's the first time I tried, um, uh, well, I don't think it was the first time, but I started, you know, taking shrooms and, uh, you know, um, mescaline stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, started going all wild, you know, I, this whole time, you know, the whole, the whole time in my life, I've always believed in God. I've always believed that there is a God. I think that this world has just been made. Everything is just the way it's, everything is made Mm -hmm. and the way that human, it's impossible for us not to have a creator. I've always thought that. Amen. But I've always, I've always ran away from, I've always ran away from God. Mm -hmm. I've always been like, I'm too bad. I'm too, like, I'm never going to be able to, um, now there's been instances where I've been feeling like I'm about to die from drugs, whatever that is. And I'm like, God save me. Oh, okay. And I always go back to that. Like, God help me. God save me. It's cause, um, you know, we only want him when we need something sometimes, mm, sure. you know? And so, yeah, so I, I was in, uh, Fort, Fort Worth and finally I went back to Lawton and, um, I tried to sober up and get right. And I was still drinking, though. That was my sober was drinking still. And this was um, with your parents. Though. So, yeah, after moving around a lot whenever my younger years, um, by the time I turned 21, um, I was done with Fort Worth, Dallas. I had burned all my bridges there with all my friends. They wouldn't let me stay with them anymore. All of that was done in Texas. So my parents had been living in Auden for about two or three years at this point. I go ahead and move back with them, and I, t- I promised them I'm going to go to school and start, you know, getting back on track. And so they let me live with them. And so for the next three years of my life, I'm living in Lawton with them before teen challenge. Mm -hmm. And so I go through firefighting school Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, I'm actually doing well. I almost got a job at Fort Sill fire department. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a contractor. This is like the, the war in Iraq was still going on. I was going to be a contractor overseas Mm -hmm. and on a fire department, uh, on a base there and make, tax-free money. And Mm -hmm. that was my plan. I had a good, decent plan, but, um, I ended up visiting Dallas, Fort Worth. My friend wanted me to go hang out. I ended up getting a controlled substance charge and a DUI Mm -hmm. while I was there. So you, I mean, when you say you were doing good and, and, you know, moving, moving towards this, this goal or plan, 
What, what, like you weren't you were clean and sober, or no you were drinking, but I've, not. I think from the time from sixteen to twenty four, I never really was clean and sober. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't in the pits of uh, heroin addiction. Mm-hmm. I was uh, taking using it every day. I was when I was in my teens, mm-hmm. but this point, I'm still. Um, if there's drugs around or if there's, I'm, I'm looking to see that I was really bad with Xanax as well. I would take that a lot and it's hard to be functioning on Xanax, but Mm -hmm. I tried to be, and there were times where it would just, it Xanax pretty much every time I was arrested, it was on that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was just, that stuff's absolutely evil, man. Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, forgot what your question was. Well, I guess it, so how, you were doing well. You were kind of oh, keeping yeah, it under yeah. well, wraps, I was, or were yeah, you? Yeah, I was under wraps. Um, I was still drinking though, uh-huh. um, publicly, and, and you know, and my parents knew I was drinking and stuff like that. I would um, when you drink say drinking almost, like yeah. I'd go to the bar. I'd go to the bar almost every night, okay. and so uh, so I'm, I would still be you know drinking, and then I would still want to f- take pills every once in a while, but I wasn't like um, bad to where. I couldn't function. So it, 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 I guess I'm, I'm not trying to speak for you. Yeah. And so maybe this is, I'm going to make a statement, but it's sort of in the, maybe more in the form of a question, but so you were probably justifying, right? Like I'm functioning, I'm moving in a direction. I got a goal. Yeah. I'm drinking, but you know, maybe right. it, it's, I'm still functioning, you know, it's not, it's not causing me ailments or, or maybe it was, I don't know what that did for your family or were they the same way? Cause I feel like that can be, you know, when we think of enablers, they can be that way. Yeah, they and, can justify it and, too. Yeah, my parents were that. Okay. Uh, every time I was arrested, they bailed me out, mm, okay. and oh, and okay. so they yeah they they bailed me out, and they um they you know uh, I'm sure my mom's gonna listen to this or my <laughs> but I mean they they but they understand that and they mm-hmm. um they realize that and it actually taught me because if I wasn't that way maybe I would have gotten straight sooner. You know, it's not them. They were doing everything they could. Yeah. They knew how Loving to do. You well, I'm and, sure. And, yeah. yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, it, you know, it might have helped me. It might not have helped me. I don't know. Sure. So, um, but yeah, so they, uh, uh, I, I was basically hiding and, you know, I, you know, because I was going to school, I was making good grades, mm-hmm. you know, um, I can be smart when I want to be. Sure. And so, um, but yeah, so that DUI actually, y'all, y'all know the, um, so this is Dallas, Fort Worth. I was going on 35. I was actually headed to Fort Worth. I ended up in Arlington, um, um, coming from Weatherford. So if you, anybody knows that area, I'm like 20 minutes out because I passed out at the wheel. I blacked out. And so, you know, those cement medians. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, I hit that in my car. And if I, if it would have been there, I would have gone to incoming, oncoming oh, traffic whoa. on the yeah. interstate. 35, you know, going through Dallas and it was like at two or three in the morning and wasn't much traffic, but it still probably wouldn't have been good. So, um, I wake up at five in the morning with a cop tapping on my glass and I'm, I don't know where I'm at. I have no idea what's going on. And apparently my friends were messing with me and I have stuff written all over my face. Like they were, they messed with me hardcore and I didn't realize it. (laughs) This doesn't look good. Yeah. So I can only imagine being that cop. And seeing like oh, like me rolling down the window, like what's going on? And he, first, I remember the first thing he had because I was kind of sober. I, slept, I I think I if I timed it right, I was asleep for three hours. My car started slammed in the cement in oh, in the front yeah, from like two in the morning to it was started. Because whenever I 
um, woke up my car, you know, had hardly no gas, but it was still running. And so <laughs> I, so the, um, the cop, whenever the first thing he says to me is, uh, do you know where you're at, sir? <laughs> and I was like, actually, no, I don't, I don't, I have no idea where I'm at. And so, um, they, they make me do the, uh, sobriety test and, um, uh, I, don't, I think I passed, but he was like, man, you're still, you're going to jail, man. Sure. And so that, that jail I went to, it's probably one of the worst Tarrant County, um, on the North of it's, it's not a fun place at all. And so, um, I, I went there and my, my family ended up bailing me out though. And I was, I was out in a couple of days or however long it was and, um, went back. And so firefighting school, my lawyer at the time, of course, my parents paid for a lawyer and he was like, okay, I'm gonna get this expunged off your record. Um, and, uh, you'll be good. I'm gonna tell a judge, you know, you're in firefighting school, you're making good grades. Like, this is your goal. You'll be, go- you'll be okay. I was like, okay, okay, cool. And so, Two months later, I get another DUI. Oh, man. And, um, was that in Lawton? This was in Lawton. This was in Oklahoma. And that was in Texas. But my firefighting career, at least at that time, was over. Like, mm-hmm. no, no one's going to hire you. And so um, all of that schooling, of course, me, I'm like, all of that was for nothing. Of course, it was all my fault, you know. But uh, I just, I felt you know, defeated. I felt like, okay, I'm a screw up. I mean, what, you know, this is horrible. I mean, I'm not going to be able to. So I ended up waiting tables after that. And, um, uh, I mean, waiting tables, I mean, there's drugs all through, you know, waiters and, um, it's, it's a bad scene. And in the lot in Oklahoma, all the waiter, we all knew each other and it was like a party scene. And, Mm. and so, um, so fast forwarding, uh, I did that for like two years, just, um, living, you know, um, uh, I got really, really bad on, on, on Xanax my, that last year, um, between 23, 22, 23, 24. And, uh, it was really, really bad with Xanax and, um, and opiates. I started, um, stealing from everybody, uh, and, um, stole from my parents. I never, I never stole from my parents this whole time. I never took from them because I just thought that that was like, you know, uh, whore, like you're a horrible human being, you sure. know, even though I was a horrible, but I mean, for my, like, no, my family's my family, you know, <laughs> I ended up guessing my parents' debit card code and taking a whole bunch of money out and, um, um, uh, just really hitting an all time low. And I ended up, um, I was on like a crazy bender and, you know, four or five days and, uh, stole from, uh, the person that, stole from the drug dealer. And I actually had, um, I think it was about a hundred Xanax. They weren't the, the high quality. They were, they weren't like the big potent ones, but they were still, uh, they were like, uh, like, I guess the one milligram or like the, the hardcore ones. And then you have 0.25 and five. There were the, these are the, the point fives. I took like 50 or 60 of those suckers within like a two day period. And, um, I remember driving, don't know how I was driving, and um, I remember just, I was like, did I take, I didn't know if I had taken like a, like shrooms or like any kind of hallucinogen. Like I didn't know because I started seeing stuff everywhere and the road moving and I didn't know where I was. And I ended up, um, that was the last thing I remember. And then I ended up in the hospital mm. and uh, uh, my mom being in the hospital in the ER and um freaking out, you know, and me wanting to get out of there and like, where am I at? Like, get me out of here, man. And, uh, just 
absolutely freaking out. And, um, my sister, she works at, uh, for CPS in Texas, child protective services. Mm -hmm. And she had heard a teen challenge before. And, uh, um, they offered me that, um, they, my, I guess they had been talking about it for a little while. And my, my sister was like, Hey, I heard of this place is a long-term treatment place kind of thing. That's what he needs. And so, um, during this time they offered that to me and I was messed up the residual effect from that for like three days. And I, re I remember talking to the intake person, his name's David Hunter, shout out to David Hunter, amazing guy. Um, he's actually a director of a prison sent teen challenge. It's with actually, there's a, t a teen challenge with a pod um, uh, that has its own pod for prisoners to come in and have a teen challenge in the prison. Oh, and that's in Oklahoma. Um, and so he's actually the director there now, but I don't even remember talking to him. I talked to him apparently for like 30 minutes and, um, ended up not going into that particular teen challenge, but going into the Oklahoma city teen challenge. And, um, um, that whole process I detoxed beforehand. And, uh, cause if you take a lot of uh, Xanax, that kind of, you can have seizures pretty, mm -hmm. pretty bad from it. And so I go to a two week detox, which was, man, it was bad. I didn't, I did not like it at all. I hated that place. And, sure. and so, um, uh, but yeah, they gave me, uh, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of, anyway, so I, I get through the detox. I end up going through teen challenge. Actually, there was a couple of guys that, uh, were in the detox with me that went to the same teen challenge. So, mm which I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing, but, um, but anyway, um, I get into, uh, the teen challenge in Oklahoma city and this, this, it, the place is in the hood. Um, it's, uh, I mean, that's where I, I used this term before cut my teeth with ministry. And that's where my, sure. my heart is for, uh, for people that are the, the homeless people, the uh, people that, you know, the world is written off that say you're not going to amount to anything. Mm -hmm. Those are my people, man. Yeah. I, I have a heart for those, those mm -hmm. people. And a lot of the girls are like this, you know, mm -hmm. their parent, even their parents say, you know, there's no hope for you mm -hmm. or there's whatever that is. And I, I, I believe that is absolutely a lie from the pit of hell. Sure. And so, yeah. well, you're kind of so, coming from that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and so, uh, and uh, well, the, so you, you go to team challenge, were you resistant in that or, or, so yeah, I was okay. screaming the whole way. Don't oh, make me okay. go. Don't make me go. Don't okay. make me go. Don't make me go to my parents. <laughs> but in the back of my mind, I'm like, am I really, I'm 24 years old. Am I going to go live back, go live with mommy and daddy and have them take care of you? Like, and so I know that I need this in okay. the back of my mind. And so, cause I just, I can't live like that anymore. And I know, like I said, I believe in God. I know he's real. I know he's brought, he's kept me alive this long. And so, um, so many things that, you know, um, happened in my life so many near death to, uh, experiences that have led me, um, to be at that point in my life. And so a lot of people say in teen challenge, you know, I was, you know, first month I was there, the first week I was there, you know, it was transformed me. It took me the whole year. It was a 12 month Man. program. It took me the, the whole year. I'm a very hard headed person. Sure. And so whenever, um, I got there, it, well, to, to be honest, the first, the first time I getting into teen challenge was, uh, my first day I got offers. You're not supposed to smoke cigarettes in teen challenge. Okay. I got offered cigarettes. And so, um, you know, it wasn't, like I said, it was a brand new teen challenge. 
Um, it had a new team challenge that was very understaffed for okay. a, for a bunch of guys that you know some of these team challenge guys. I mean, they are they are you know a lot of times in team challenge, especially adult programs, um, they are avoiding jail sentences, which it can be a very good thing for mm. a, a lot of people um, because instead of a lot of DAs. Uh, district attorney, like, like they like that. Uh, lawyers like this because instead of them doing a two or three year jail sentence, they can go, okay, Teen Challenge is an inpatient program. Why don't we, uh, why don't we send them here instead to avoid, you know, this 19 year old kid going to jail? And so that was kind of what, um, a lot of guys were there. They were there to avoid a jail sentence. So it wasn't like a lot of guys wanted to be there right. at the same time. They were doing that to get out of a jail sentence. So um, whenever I first got there, you know, hey, do you want to smoke a cigarette? You know, I'm like, absolutely. Come on. You know, because, again, I'm very easily influenced guy. Uh, and I it's hard for me to say no to things like that. And again, I wanted to be a part, you know, all of these guys were already right. here. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be a part of them, even though in the back of my head, I kind of was wanting to be there. And so whenever I got there, there was seven or eight other guys there. And so I was like the eighth guy to come in. And, uh, um, so anyway, uh, that was my first day. And so it was a pretty bad time. You know, I ended up, um, uh, you know, having a couple of female relationships I shouldn't have had. Uh, I ended up taking drugs in the program. <laughs> um, I ended up, I was there. I still joke because there's this guy named Matt Carroll and he's actually worked for corporate teen challenge right now. And, uh, but he was a staff member then. And he said that he was so stressed out one day he was coming home and he saw me cause I, I, <laughs> I was crawling through a window. It's a two-story building. I was I was crawling through a window because I knew it was unlocked to get to a phone. He saw me crawling through this window oh, as he was geez. driving through, but he didn't want to do it. He was so stressed out from the ministry and being a part. Like he was just like, I'm just, I don't care. And Man. he kept driving. He tells me that story still. Um, because we uh it was very just very understaffed. Whenever you're trying to take care of that many guys and it's like one or two staff members. It is absolutely mm. stressful. Uh, here, um, we're just we're blessed with good staff here, mm -hmm. and and again, I not to get ahead of the story. I've just had experience so much. It's, I tell the girls all the time. I was like, y'all are probably even way smarter than me. I just have more experience than you. Right. And I've I've been through a lot of things yeah. to where I know what to avoid and what not to avoid. So. So anyway, I was really, really bad. And then I ended up um, um, going to a church service and um, uh, getting, I got saved. I got baptized again. Um, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit um, through in, in, in a service and I just got blown away um, by God. And so this was while you were in the, it was while I was in the program. It was probably about how far into it. Uh, so it was probably, gosh, maybe four, five, six months in maybe. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, ended up, uh, just to tell you a little bit about me, I'm, like I said, I'm kind of a go getter and like the first, so I, I was in the program with two different, um, directors. The first director, um, uh, ended up leaving and another director came in who that director is still like a brother to me now. Mm -hmm. And so his name was Bob. And, uh, but before this, there was another guy in there and he, um, put me, I was in there for two weeks and he put me answering phones. And for the center because, you know, low staff. And then he ha had me help with the banquet 
and uh, started helping with, you put me on the phones and you put, and then my pride and I started getting puffed up and I started getting, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm basically a <laughs> staff member here, man. I've been here for two weeks, you know? And so um, anyway, he ended up leaving and the uh, CEO, uh, a guy named Wayne Gray, who's still the CEO, a big mentor of mine, uh, he actually saw that a student was doing this and he brought me back down and told me, um, no, you need to be in the class with the other students. We'll handle this. And he started getting the program, you know, back to where, how it should be. Mm-hmm. And so me, of course, my pride's hurt. Like you should let me do that. And here sure. I am being a student, you know, a few weeks in. And, um, uh, so, uh, you know, just crazy. But as far as that goes, I mean, Bob came in and he totally, um, uh, I saw his passion and his love for Jesus. Uh, I, I, really befriended him, his wife and who my wife is friends with his wife now. And they're actually like best friends Mm -hmm. and, um, they live in Michigan. He pastors a church out there now, but, but anyway, he, uh, just, I don't know. I just started seeing love everywhere. Mm -hmm. I, the church I was in the, the church that the property that we were at, they were the example of what the church should be. They, uh, provided meals for the homeless. Um, it, like I've seen a guy come in and say, Hey, I have a funeral to go to for a guy down in Dallas. And this is in Oklahoma city. I have no way to get down there. And the church gives him money for the bus ticket to go down there. Um, a guy who, you know, smelled horrible, you know, was just this guy, you know, just random guy coming off the street, but he knew he could go there to get help. Mm. And that's how Jesus was. People knew they could go to him to get help. Sure. And so for a church to be able to be, you know, standoffish like that, you know, that's, um, to me, um, I feel like a, a church should, um, open their doors to anybody and everybody. And, uh, uh, cause I mean, that's, but anyway, so I, I kind of learned that love for the church and for people and just, um, uh, so, so I guess is this, this is what you're seeing when you're going through the program and that's what led to, I mean, I guess what was, what was the thing was, that, that you finally were just kind of like, man, I'm done. I'm, I surrender. I'm done. Um, so there was, there was a lot, there was a, there's a lot of those moments actually. Okay. Um, cause like I said, I'm, I'm very, I'm a stubborn person. Yeah. And so sometimes, um, but there was a lot of those, those moments. Um, but it was basically just. It was basically just um, seeing God work in people's lives over and over again Mm -hmm. and seeing that if he can work in their lives, why can't he work in mine? Mm -hmm. And I started um, thinking, you know, um, well, you know, and this is, you know, uh, more charismatic of a church, you know, there's Assemblies of God Teen Challenge, you know, was started by David Wilkerson in 1958. Uh, He was an Assemblies of God pastor. And so that's basically, it has the roots with the symbols of God. So um, for me, uh, you know, I was born, you know, raised Baptist, Southern Baptist. And so to be able to see guys, you know, laying hands on you and praying for you and praying to be healed and stuff like that, I'm not used to that. Mm -hmm. I'm used to very, you know, um, I don't know, just... Southern Baptist style, nothing wrong with them at all. I've done services at them and they're amazing people. They're Mm -hmm. some of the pastors there. I mean, but I just feel like for a ministry like this, for guys who have been absolutely through darkness, man, and through some horrible stuff, you've got to be able to have the power of the Holy Spirit to break that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, as far as, 
um, I go, yeah, it was a, it was a slow, it was, it was slowly for me. Um, but there was a particular church service where, um, the Holy spirit fell on the place and, um, we were, uh, and, and God spoke to me and, um, uh, and I had just an amazing, just radical moment for God. And from then on, I wanted nothing more than to, um, be used by him and help and help people like me and be able to, um, uh, it was a Sunday night service. I still remember the service and, um, it was just an amazing moment and, and interaction with God. Yeah. And, and after then I did struggle still, sure. but, uh, as, as far as, uh, that goes, I mean, my whole program, uh, uh, teen challenge curriculum, you learn, um, different things. You learn how to deal with uh, anger. You learn how to deal with, um, just different attitudes and you learn character qualities and you have to memorize a lot of scripture and you just, you learn, um, you learn the word. I, I, you know, I always read the Bible, but I never ever actually read the word mm-hmm. of God and, being a teen challenge, you actually have an opportunity to read the word. I even joke with these and they don't believe me, but I'm like, man, I would love to be a student again. Mm-hmm. Imagine having all your meals cooked for you, your laundry done for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you get to spend nothing, all your time with Jesus and everything's done for you. I mean, mm-hmm. that sounds pretty good, you right, know? Yeah, yeah. And so at the time, you know, of course you don't, you don't think that, but I look, I look back now and I'm like, man, that was a good time mm-hmm. to be able to learn who God is and be able to read the word and, um, be able to just digest that. And so that was basically, basically me. And it was all the way up to my year. And I ended up leaving, um, Oklahoma city teen challenge. I graduated the program. I was the first graduate of the program oh, of really? that Oklahoma city program. You know, I told you it was new. Mm-hmm. There were seven guys before me. Yeah. They all didn't make it. I was yeah. the one that made it. And so, um, that graduation certificate is the most cherished, cherished thing I got. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, I would even, I wouldn't say my, I think my marriage certificate's important, but I mean, if I wouldn't have had the teen challenge certificate, I wouldn't have had the marriage certificate. There you go. Sure. And so, um, even though, I mean, we can go on that rabbit trail and I don't feel like the government should be involved in marriage at all anyway. We can go down that rabbit trail. Yeah, we could. I just. We agree there. (laughs) Yeah. So you, so you're three, three months in or so you have this Sunday night service. Is that Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So from that point on though, like you're. You're straight and narrow. Is that right? I mean, yeah. you said you struggled, but yeah. And my, and so, and yeah. And uh, I can tell y'all, we kind of hinted on it earlier. Like the whole world, um, like ever, or my whole friends, they had no, um, they thought I was a lost cause. Mm-hmm. Everybody except for my family. Though they were the only ones, my immediate family, they were the only ones that, you know, thought that there was hope. And so even when I graduated, even through my program, when I was doing better, mm-hmm. it's hard because I've, you know, did a lot of bad things to them. And I, I hurt them so many times. It takes a lot to get their trust back and get that confidence. Like my dad would, you know, not let me borrow the truck still, you know, or still not let me like, okay. Even to this day though, he's still kind of, you know, um, but you know, but now like it it took me, it took a while for my dad, honestly, to tell me he was proud of me. You know, and eventually whenever I got that, I'm proud of you, son, mm-hmm. you know, was one of the great, one, a great moment in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, you know, maybe I'm actually starting to do good. And that was, but. So how but yeah, old were you when you graduated the program? I was 25. Okay. You're 25. And after that, do you go back home or where do you go from there? 
So, um, I, so I didn't want to go back home. Mm-hmm. I knew that I, I liked the ministry of teen challenge. So I ended up interning and staying okay. with the program in Oklahoma city. In Oklahoma City, and then I, um, we parted ways, and I'll tell you a very, very hard story for me, actually, and it was one of the uh, mistakes, you know, millions of mistakes that I've made in my life, and so I graduate, and I end up, um, I'm interning, and I fall, and mm-hmm. I, uh, it wasn't anything crazy, but at the same time, you know, it was, so I smoke a cigarette with a uh, Teen Challenge student. Mm-hmm. A guy who'd been there for a couple months, pretty much the same thing that a student did to me, you know, in the very beginning. And uh, Bob found out about it, uh, the director, and I thought he was going to fire me and say, hey, man, you know, because, you know, uh, Jesus straight up said, you know, it's better to tie a millstone around your neck to mess with a sheep. And mm-hmm. and so that's a, and that's a big deal for me as well today. And but at that time, but he didn't fire me. But I felt so much shame. Again, I'm still feeling this shame. And uh, I, I don't, I feel like, okay, I want to, I, I just, I want to be out. And so I started rekindling with my wife and uh, on Facebook, of course. Okay. Um, so you, wait, hold on. You had met her before? I guess she hadn't come in. I should story tell you that all, story. Yeah, so, she's not into the story yet. Yeah. So um, we've known each other since high school. Okay. Um, she absolutely did not like me in high school. We went to prom together, actually. Oh, no kidding. But with two different dates. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I took someone else, and we partied afterwards and uh, and all of that. So we knew each other, mm-hmm. but uh, she didn't like me at all. She thought I was obnoxious and annoying, uh-huh. So, which is probably true. I don't know. Um, but I think she secretly, she liked me. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but and, but no, so uh, we, we, we've known each other for a while, and she actually, um, um, I don't know if I should tell the story or not, <laughs> but she, um, uh, so in high school, she's probably going to hurt me. Um, in high school, she was known, uh, she was, uh, so she was fighting somebody or she was like, like getting in trouble. Cause she can relate to these girls. She has a, she had a, a troubled, you, she was a troubled teen as well. Mm-hmm. And so, um, she can relate so well to these girls. And so, um, with her and she got really, really popular in school because she got in this fight or whatever. And she, um, got grabbed from behind. She was in the office and she thought she it was the, uh, assistant principal, which was a lady. And so she kicked backwards, mm. but it ended up being a cop who didn't identify himself. But whenever she kicked backwards, she hit him in a, she kicked him in a spot oh, man. that wasn't very good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so of course with high school kids, oh, yeah. a girl kicking a cop there, it would be a very popular story. Sure. And so everybody knew about that in school. And so I basically, I started our conversation. I was like, Hey, do you remember that happened? And she goes, of course I remember. <laughs> and I was like, so are, are you in, um, her husband, are y'all still? And she's like, no, we've been, um, broken. She was actually in the army at the time. Uh, she, um, did it, uh, she was in Korea and she, um, I guess she was a, you know, troubled girl, but she joined the army and got her back on track kind mm. of. And so, she, uh, that's how, kind of how we met. I already knew her and she was actually, um, uh, you know, she actually responded to me we started talking and, and so, uh, so this is after the, your, your, fall. this is while I was interning. You're not allowed to really be on Facebook as a student. And so this mm-hmm. is like kind of when I was like interning in the mm-hmm. program. And so I started, you know, talking to her and with intern, the girls here, they're not allowed to have social media until three months into her internship would have been smart for me, oh, okay. but mm-hmm. you know, that didn't happen. So, um, 
so yeah, we still kind of rekindled our relationship and she wanted to, and she got out of the army and she moved to the Dallas Fort Worth Weatherford, kind of where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't been back there in, you know, a while. And so, um, which is still probably wasn't a good idea for me to go back, but you know, uh, anyway, so, um, I ended up doing that at the, at the teen challenge there and, uh, with the student and I felt shame and I wanted to leave. And so I end up going back and, and moving with Lisa. We actually moved in together, mm-hmm. which, you know, here I am teen challenge and I'm going down this road of, you know, um, um, this isn't good. We shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it was crazy because one of my friends who I used to live with in Fort Worth said, Hey, I saw these guys out in front of Walmart and teen challenge. You went through that, right? And I was like, there's a teen challenge here. He goes, yeah, they were from Azel. And it's like 20 minutes outside of where I was living. And I was like, I was like, I could see myself. And this is what's so important. If you see yourself going down a certain path to be able to realize it. And so I saw that and I reached out to the director there and I was like, Hey, I'm a graduate, you know, can you, are you able to help? Like, can I get a job there? Can I intern there? You know, that kind of thing. And he was like, well, we have a banquet tonight. Why don't you come out? I'll give comp you a couple of tickets and, um, why don't you come out and meet me? So we go out there, we meet him. Um, this is you and your wife. Yeah. Or I mean, I guess at the time you weren't married. Yeah, but, we weren't married. But at any rate, and so yeah. uh, I ended up meeting him. He's uh, His name was David Woodcock. I made shout out to David Woodcock, amazing guy, and uh, such a huge influence in my life. And he was the director of the Azel Men's Center um, that's in Dallas, te- or Fort Worth area, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we ended up, he ended up telling me. And so this is why I know it's such an absolute God thing, right? Um, that I'm in this ministry is one of the millions of times, I guess. But uh, so I know that I need this. My wife knows that we need this to uh, this job and and go down this path, right? Um, and so Dave actually calls Bob, who's my like for a reference because you know I just came from there, mm-hmm. and you know, mind you, Bob's my like one, like a brother to me, seriously. And and he gave me a bad reference. <laughs> <laughs> Which I ended up going back, and he actually wants me to go back and work for him years later, but mm-hmm. he gives me a bad reference, which rightfully so. Sure. And so Dave said, okay, this is what I'm going to do for you. You have to work two months three or three months uh, for free as a volunteer. And so I was like, okay, well, how am I going to work for free for three months? Because they wanted to get to know me, make sure I was legit, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I'm sure I don't, I've never really asked Dave, you know, this specific question, like what he saw in me, but he must've saw something. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Lisa go hadn't filed her, um, taxes in three years. Mm -hmm. And so being in the military, and so you can have up to four years without filing if you want to, I think three or four years. But so she filed, she gets like 10 grand back because we were trying to, and and so, uh, for three months, if we pinch pennies, we Mm -hmm. can absolutely make that work. Sure. And so, um, uh, I mean, it was just a real, um, um, and she, um, uh, she, I should tell you that she was pregnant mm-hmm. whenever we, I reached out to her mm-hmm. and I even joke, uh, his name is Patrick, um, cause he's not biologically mine, but he's mine. And, um, uh, her being pregnant, I probably wouldn't have reached out to some random girl who was pregnant. but I knew her before. And so I knew, and, and I know I I just, I knew her. So I, I could have reached out, you know? And so anyway, so, um, she has Patrick too. And, uh, we, 
I'm trying to think of where I was at. Um, so yeah, so we get, we get the tax money. And so we're like, man, this has got to be a God thing. You know, this is the money that we're going to be able to have to be able to survive. And so I ended up, um, and shout out to, to Desmond who uh, did the schedule. Cause they were like, cause I thought volunteer I'm working, you know, one day a week, one, two days a week, whatever. And he asked me what I can work. I was like, whenever. And so I'm on the schedule six days a oh, week, man. <laughs> man. working like 80 hours a week. Oh, and, ju- and, and, and it was, um, for free, you know? And, and so, um, but I can tell you guys, it was, I had the most growth in that part of my life than I've ever had in my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. The growth that I had through that and pinching pennies and like just being dirt poor and, (laughs) and just, but I mean, I, I wouldn't have trade, I wouldn't trade that for the world. I wouldn't trade us making a million dollars a year for Mm -hmm. that part. Cause it just, it transformed my life Mm -hmm. that part. And I just, um, they ended up offering me a job way before that. Um, the three months it was, I think it was like six or seven weeks. And so I actually started getting paid. Um, I don't know if I can tell you, how much I was getting paid, but it was probably not the most, um, <laughs> it, it probably wasn't the best way to get paid. But I mean, I was, I was basically making like, I was making salary, but I was making like probably $2 an hour. Mm, I mean, yeah. when it came out to be. And so, um, as, uh, but at the same time, I mean, it was a great time. It, we are, we ended up Lisa and I, uh, Lisa, gets a, has a radical, cause we're actually even at a point where should we even get married and should we go to a church service? And she has the same experience as we, ha- I had, she had a radical, she says that she got saved that day. She got, um, it was just, uh, an amazing moment. And, uh, we got prophesied over, uh, that we would be surrounded by a bunch of kids. And so, Lisa was told that she wouldn't have kids. And so she had Patrick, which is crazy because we wouldn't even be talking if she had Patrick in the first place. Um, because she, if she didn't get pregnant, she probably wouldn't have left the military to be, you know, with him. And, and so, um, so anyway, now we have three kids, by the way. Um, I think we're, we're, we're done, (laughs) but but anyway, Lisa has this radical move of God and she gets saved and we end up, up, up getting married. Uh, Dave Woodcock marries us in a teen challenge chapel nice. in front of teen challenge students. Oh, man. Uh, and so we have the video of it and, uh, it was just a great time in life. And, um, that was, uh, in 2013. Yeah. 2012, 2013. Hmm. So, um, and yeah. So, I mean, it was, uh, just in a, a um, amazing time. Uh, I was there for two years. Then of course, Bob, uh, calls me and, uh, says, Hey, I'm looking for a program director here in Oklahoma city. And so, um, Dave Woodcock made the joke. He was like, isn't this the guy that gave you a bad reference? Like, and now he wants to, you know, because I ended up, um, taking, uh, the job in Oklahoma city. And cause I felt big reason why I went back is I felt like there was unfinished business there. Mm. I felt like I left in the wrong way. I felt like I needed to finish something there and accomplish something there. And so that was a big reason why I, um, big reason why I went back. I felt the call of Lord. And I also felt like, man, I need to actually, let's, let's do something good there. Cause I, I left in such a bad way. So Ended up going back there and, um, and, and, and working there. Um, Bob ended up going to be a pastor in, uh, in Michigan. Uh, and, uh, he gave me uh, a reference for the director and, um, uh, in 2015, 
uh, I became, no, beginning of two, end of 2015, I became the executive director for the Oklahoma City Teen Challenge, which, you know, six years ago, I was a student there. Right, right. So, um, I mean, talk about a God thing. I mean, who would have known in a million years that would have happened? And so, um, ended up uh, in Oklahoma City uh, until um, uh, for a few years. Um, they moved that program um, uh, wasn't owned by us. It was owned by that church there. So they wanted to move to Stillwater. Um, I started that process, ended up staying in Oklahoma City, working in the, uh, I got out of, out of ministry, um, worked at the, uh, like I said, a donor. Um, I was going to move back to Texas um, and become a program director of a, a boy's home there in Texas. Um but didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I, um, uh, ended up, um, my, the guy called me, uh, his name is Jared, huge influence in my life, big mentor in my life, uh, Jared Williams. And he was a, like I said, he was a donor and he was like, Hey, I actually have a thing going on here. I kind of want to start a ministry here in Oklahoma city. And so I ended up staying with him. And uh, working at his business until we could open up a ministry kind of like that on our own. Uh, the guy's a you know multi-millionaire um, guy, uh, very very successful guy. Uh, basically, I was in business school. He taught me so many things. Um, but three years passed working for him, and uh, there was no sign of a ministry. And I just felt like that was like, that was the reason why I came and took this mm-hmm. job was to be in ministry and to help mm-hmm. people, uh, in this area. And so, and that, do you ever, have you ever had like a stressful moment to where your eye starts twitching or like <laughs> something starts twitching? Like that's what that job did to me. I remember the national sales director and I, who were, we're outside of work. We're, we're two peas in a pod. We're close at work. I remember being in the marketing room, having a, and you don't argue in front of your you know, subordinate or your employees and him and I just having a face to face screaming match about certain things. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, what is this? What, what's going on? And, um, uh, I'm sitting here, like I said, working for man and making other people's six figure you know, and I was making decent money in myself. I was, I was very blessed. And we were, we were living, like I said, in Yukon in the suburbs, had a nice house and, um, a neighborhood where Patrick had, you know, friends everywhere. And we, uh, had, we just had our baby Anya. Uh, and so we, um, had everything going for us there. I mean, we had no money issue. I mean, we were better financially than we've been in forever. And, and so, uh, but I mean, there's just something about, um, being in ministry and being in your calling and, um, that, that calls to you if you're not, if you're not there. And so that's what, you know, like in the beginning of the story where Lisa, um, you know, talked to the, to Charles and Vicki Taft, who were the first directors here. Um, and, uh, they had been actually looking for someone for a while. They never could find someone to move out here (laughs) and they wanted a couple. It's very important that a, a couple, you know, for a teen center, to be in charge, a couple being in charge of it, you know, sure. um, obviously it would be weird if it was just me with teen girls. And, mm-hmm. um, so, um, that's why a lot of times I'm, you know, it's Lisa that handles a lot of the sure. counseling and a lot of the, all of that program stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, which my wife, um, to tell you a little bit about her, um, she's the smarter one, of course. <laughs> sure. um, I She does all of the admin work. I don't know if you know who John Hammer is. He wrote the Assemblies of God tax law, um, church and tax law um, book about that thick, you know, mm-hmm. and um, she reads that stuff for fun. Oh if, that, if that tells you a little bit about her. <laughs> and uh, we went to the Assemblies of God corporate office in, in Missouri and John Hammer's office is in there and she was looking for him. She was like, I wonder if he can sign my book. You know, I'm like, really? <laughs> Fangirling over it. But, oh, uh, but it was, uh, but she, she basically, cause I live in the gray area and she's very black and white person. So we very, we mesh very, very well together. Um, we're a very, very good team and uh, shout out to my beautiful wife, Lisa. Um, and so I, uh, uh, basically she, um, we, we moved out here and, and like I said, we're, I, I came here with not the thought of staying at 10 students. Whenever we got here, we're at three students. Cause it, it was just a Vic, Charles and Vicki Taft and one other staff member here. Mm-hmm. And so they had like three students and the, cause they couldn't take anymore, um, mm-hmm. just cause of time and stuff like that. And, uh, um, my first goal was to get to 10 and, um, I didn't come here to just stay at 10. I don't feel like God brought me here and, and, and has, has put me through everything and, and, and led me here to just stay where we're at. Mm-hmm. And plus my mind does not work that way. I have sure. to have some kind, I, I need to be challenged in some way. Yeah. I have mm-hmm. to be able to, um, have goals and, 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 and a per, and just, so that's, I came here with a mission to have a teen boy center, mm-hmm. um, along with the girls center, but, um, God has led me to, um, there's an Alton men's center in Kansas that needs help reopening. And I want to be able to do that. Um, just because they've, I've talked to the board members there and it's been around for 17 years and, um, for it not to be, be there, it's a, it's a heartbreaker and it has the opportunity to help 50 men. Mm. And so, um, but, uh, so I'm hoping to open it soon. It needs a little bit of financing, financial help. Our center is absolutely blessed, but we're not that blessed to put, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, $200,000 into a building. And so I think that over time we're, we'd be able to do that. Um, and so also there's a, uh, center in Kingman, um, uh, a women and children's center. I don't know if I talked about that yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but, um, so God is basically leading us to these centers, um, over a boys center, but God's timing is perfect. But I feel like, um, um, the growth here, I feel, I feel like, um, the message, uh, just basically like, um, everyone has a purpose in life. It doesn't matter where you're at in life that 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 message needs to be heard everywhere. Mm. And I feel like the right now, especially with young people, um, the world is telling them to be so many things that they're not. Yeah, mm-hmm. There's just yep. so many different things. And so to, to, they need to know who they are actually are, you know, a child of the living God. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, that's my thing here. And I feel like that needs to be preached and, um, but yeah, so I'm, I, I'm guarantee you, I skipped a whole bunch of stuff, but I, mean, I guess that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I like how you, you kind of even circle back to purpose, identity, purpose and identity yeah, being absolutely. a big part of it. Um, the thing that I, I love, love about your story is that's the gospel, right? That's the, the redemption story. Um, Lazarus was in the grave, man, dead and Jesus rose him, right? Uh, 
the shortest verse in the Bible, right? Jesus wept. Yeah. There's that compassionate piece. Um, I love it, man. I like how you have gone through this stuff. I guess that would be my question at this point is, is how much uh, value or, or sort of clout does that not clout? That's probably a bad way to put it, but does it bring to the ministry the fact that you've, you've walked the path? Well, I can also tell you, you know, you brought that Jesus wept scripture, uh, just his, where his heart was Mm -hmm. is how I feel like every Christian's heart needs to be right. Mm -hmm. Whenever they see that pain and that suffering that people are going through, whatever, that's why he, that's why he wept. He didn't, I mean, he knew Lazarus was going to be out. He saw the, the hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, I mean, I see that whenever a mother, um, uh, I think of my mother, you know, Mm -hmm. I think of, um, you know, um, just, um, I feel like I'm a parent now, you know, um, uh, God has blessed me with three kids. Who would have thought that the dude overdosing on a couch, you know, would have a wife that would actually marry him. First of all, <laughs> we're about to celebrate nine years and to be able to actually stay with me that long mm-hmm. and then actually, um, uh, ha- bless us with three kids when Lisa wasn't even supposed to have kids. Mm. And so, um, and we've, and actually just, childbirth has been a, we've lost three kids too, to mm-hmm. miscarriage. And so it's just been, um, uh, a very children. I mean, we just thought we would never be able to have them anymore mm-hmm. any. And so, but, um, which that's a, that's a crazy story in itself. But as far as, uh, for me, I mean, to be able to, to relate as far as that goes, I wouldn't say maybe because we don't have any girls here that were crazy, you know, heroin addicts here. Mm-hmm. Um, there are basically the parents have seen the signs mm-hmm. of that and they want to nip it kind of in the bud before mm-hmm. oh, okay. before that kind of blossoms. There's some girls here that have actually had that issue, but I don't think they're because I can kind of see if someone's been sure I can relate. I can see if that person's been through something or not. Yeah. And I don't really see that in a lot of the girls that are here. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was signs of that. And, um, but as far as me, I mean, just seeing the, having compassion for, you know, a girl that has been through what she's been through. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, uh, um, girls that have been involved in sex trafficking and just a, a mm-hmm. lot of things, you know, that right. pure hell, pure horror yeah. that they've been through. Yeah. Um, some of these things, but I mean, I can't relate to that aspect, sure. but I can relate to being through hell and being through like yeah. just the, right. um, feeling like you're an absolute worst, worthless human being and that mm-hmm. nobody cares about you. And there's no, and, and I've been through that and I've, I've felt that. And that's the one thing, like I said, to make sure that all these girls know that they, that there is a God that absolutely loves them mm-hmm. and that and me, me, I love you, you know, I yeah. will always be there for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big reason why I will always keep my cell phone number. I will, I don't like Facebook, but I got it. I got Facebook back and because, mm-hmm. you know, holler at me. If there's, if you lose my number, if you don't find me on Facebook, be able to message mm-hmm. me and mm-hmm. I will walk you through this. I will let you know that it doesn't it doesn't matter. You know, you are, doesn't matter what you do, you know, God can forgive you. There's grace. Yeah. Uh, if I could, um, <clears throat> earlier you had talked about, uh, did some of the different programs and things like that. And the, the, the overarching relatability, right. And, and we can call it human nature, whatever you want to call it. However, um, we all as humans, and I think that you kind of alluded to this, but I wanted to press in, we're reactionary, 
right? Like we we react in a in a particular way because of a particular situation, right? You had talked about, you know, uh, how can a, a three year old be so impacted by things that happen before they can even remember any any of it, right? But that that's how we're wired in that, and so that's a lot of the times the reason that we react in a particular way, right? You have this anger issue. Well, there's a, there's sort of a, a trigger for that yeah. or there's a thing that leads us to addiction and, and addiction is not just substance, right? Um, or doesn't, is not sort of, uh, isolated to this, that. <clears throat> so there's that, but I want to ask, is there something in retrospect in your life that, that, that was a trigger or, or what was the void you were trying to fill? Oh man. Do you have any idea? Uh, Man, I, I don't know. I know that I probably heard a lie somewhere. And I and this is one of the things that I maybe this guy can relate this um to that question. So one of the things that one of the a counseling tool that we use here is so we write letters to our younger self, mm-hmm. to our adult self. So we even say we preface it, dear baby Jonathan, mm-hmm. dear adult Jonathan, or dear, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I went through this class. It's called Ultimate Journey. It's actually pretty cool. And I, um, I didn't get to be honest. I didn't get like that much out of it. But some people get a lot out of it, mm-hmm. just because I didn't really have any trauma as whenever I was a baby, mm-hmm. um, or a, a kid and, and younger. But, um. But there was a, a letter I wrote, and I, whenever I was born, I was very jaundiced, and I bled a lot from my circumcision, apparently, and I, my mom couldn't take me home right away. And, um, uh, and so my, my siblings would always call me Yellow Baby because there was no pictures of me. They didn't want to take pictures of me because I, <laughs> I was this Yellow Baby, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, they, uh, I was reading this letter because I wrote a letter to myself. Yeah, I'm a you know very jaundiced. My family, you know, still makes fun of me, Yellow Baby, you know. And the facilitator tells me and be like, you know, that's a lie. You know, you're a beautiful baby, you know, God made you and created you. And so, and it, and it's kind of fun. It's kind of a funny story, but at the same time, it kind of makes you think this whole time, I just thought I was this ugly baby because of this lie I was told as a child from my family. Mm-hmm. And as so, a joke, right? As, as a, a joke, joke yeah, right. Yeah. And so a lot of these girls can, can be, you know, if they were told, you know, that you're uh, like le- legitimately ugly at like a five, six, seven, or like, you're not going to amount to anything. I mean, I've had teachers tell me that, um, I've, uh, um, just, you know, uh, I've had people tell me that. And so you can latch onto that and actually believe that mm. about yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure I, I was told a lot whenever I was younger, especially in, in class, but, um, that I wouldn't amount to anything and that I was, I was worthless. I mean, I was told that a lot from teachers. And so, um, which I probably, they probably, I probably irritated them, but I mean, looking back, I don't think I irritated them that much, but I had one teacher, I had a really good teacher actually that told me, um, how my brain works, you know, um, if they give me like a whole bunch of problems on, a, and there's probably a lot of people like on one page, you know, I get kind of overwhelmed, like, Oh, that's a lot of, pro-. but if they handed me one problem at a time, mm-hmm. easy, mm-hmm. be able to take care of it, you know, sure. easily no issue. But I, but as far as that, I mean, that's, I guess that's just kind of um, how my brain was. And I just thought that I, I needed to have other people's approval. Mm. Um, like I'm good enough. Look at me. Um, don't worry. You know, I'm, I'll do this too. And I was that guy. 
And so I was always the guy that um, would go above and beyond. And um, there was a one point in my life to where I don't know if y'all know what an uh, embalming fluid is. Mm. A lot of people um, like use it, call it like wet, you know, you dip your blonde in it or you dip a joint in it mm. and you smoke it. And um, uh, <laughs> I don't know how we got it some point in my life. We had a whole jug of it. And, uh, I don't know how like, I got where it. Do you get I don't know, man. I, it was somewhere. And so we got it from some guy. I think we, I think we stole it from something. I don't know. But anyway, we would, um, take that and, uh, we, we started smoking it at first and then we started taking like our big like fingers and dipping in it and, and wiping it on each other. Cause you kind of get, I don't know if y'all have ever heard of the Wawa's before, or like kind of like uh, you kind of get like a head rush or something, but it's kind of, you get this feeling and it goes, um, it's kind of like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's from like huffing stuff or, okay. or like kind of like, anyway, um, it, that kind of, so you can go by and you, so we go to like parties and stuff and I just walk by someone and just wipe that stuff on their hands oh. or why just messing with people. And, um, but there was a, a point like where we were doing that. My, my friend wanted to put it in his eye, like just like and, and take a shot of it. Oh, just man. we're just stupid, right? And so um, we started getting white spots on our hands from touching it, and we thought we were getting skin cancer. E. So we ended up um, getting rid of it because we thought we had <laughs> well, cancer. Probably from a good it. choice. Don't yeah. do that. But um, just stuff like that that I did that I wanted to um, make. I just want people to realize, hey, man, I'm, I'm the man. I can do yeah. this, which uh, I wasn't. It was actually absolutely stupid. And um, there was um, times where, like, ecstasy was really, really big. They, I think the kids call it uh, Molly now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy how kind of the terminology, but it was like X, ecstasy back in my, mm-hmm. my time. Dallas-Fort sure. Worth, it was really big. And um, I sold it uh, mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of times. I get it for um, – and, and – I'd be able to support my habit. And I used to take that stuff all the time mm-hmm. and we would, um, uh, take, I mean, you, you're one or two is enough, but of course I want to take eight, nine or 10, right. you know? And so that was just kind of like, you know, um, one is never enough. You'd always want more. You always want to, I always wanted to impress. And so I think that's what it stemmed from. And I feel like that's kind of like a lie I was told at some point in my life to where, um, to be, I have to be able to fit in. I, you know, well, do this, you th- <clears throat> I guess, and this is just a question, but do you feel like you sort of missed out on that affirmation piece in your life? I mean, your dad working a lot or, or, and I'm not trying to speak for you. I guess I'm, yeah. I guess I'm, as I'm listening, that's a question that I have is, man, I think so. Cause my, um, uh, my parents weren't, my dad, he didn't go to church that regularly. Uh, it was my mom mainly. And then, um, especially when they moved to Oklahoma, they stopped really going to church. And I don't think God was the center focus Mm -hmm. of our family. Yeah. It was basically like we're Christians living in this family, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't, um, the center focus of our family. So whenever, uh, like for me, um, I pray over my son before school. We pray together. You know, my dad never, I don't think my dad to this day has prayed over me, you mm-hmm. know? And so not again, not against him. That's just not who he is. Mm-hmm. And again, my dad um, will shock you because he'll, 
I'll be talking about something and he'll quote scripture or say something like, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. But he's just, he's way more reserved than that. And I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's a bad or good thing, but, um, as far as that goes, he, God, I can tell you, you know, was not a center focus of our, Mm -hmm. of our family. Um, and did either of you, any of your siblings, did they ever struggle with substance abuse or anything? My, like that? The two middle ones, <laughs> um, the, my, my little sister did a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, she, uh, you know, uh, and, and my family to this day, I mean, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll drink a little bit and stuff and, mm-hmm. um, they, uh, you know, don't think anything's wrong with that. Um, uh, but I mean, I mean, who's to say that drinking a beer once in a while is a sin? I mean, I'm not the one to say that, but I just don't do it, and I don't condone it for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, uh, but they don't think there's anything wrong with that, and mm-hmm. um, they smoke cigarettes, and you know they, you know, that's kind of sure. kind of them. But mm-hmm. um, me, I'm I'm not really like that, and um, you know, I'm not really a rated R movie guy. I do watch, you know, maybe it does depends on. But whenever people use, you know, like uh, the Lord's name in vain, or like mm-hmm. so, I, it gives makes my skin crawl a little bit, especially with, when they when they use them as a cuss word and and stuff like that. So I'm kind of like I'm, I'm back off. My family, you know, they watch. Um, um, what's that? What's the one with like the dragon and? Um, the, the, that one TV, I don't remember what the, I guess I don't know. <laughs> the TV show that's oh, basically um, like, is basically porn, man. Yeah. Um, I can't think it's a big it's, deal. It's, it's pro- a big deal. Yeah. It's but probably it's, a good thing. We don't know. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like uh, they, my, I, my wife said she watched first episode and said, Nope, this is Filth. Yeah. Filth. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I watched the first episode too. My parents were in there, my <gasps> family. Cause it and, shows a Oh, lot, it's bad. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's bad. It's, Yikes. um, uh, and so, um, I'll right after that. And then there's another one. Um, they told me to watch, you know, yellow, this show called Yellowstone that's out right now. Kevin Costner. I love Kevin Costner. Yeah, Field yeah. of Dreams is my favorite movie ever, mm. by the way. Um, and so it's the only movie that guys are allowed to cry at. Oh, right. Okay, no. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, did you hear that, Joseph? Yeah, <laughs> stop crying at every movie. <laughs> um, no, actually getting saved, you start crying. Like, um, what's that new? Um, uh, it just makes you more sensitive. The, the, yeah. What's the movie with, uh, tr- not the, it's, um, golly, I'm, I'm, it's the new new Disney one with, um, they're kind of like the like the monster um, guys, and they have kind of. It's kind yeah. of like that. I don't know. We're just talking about a bunch. Man, of what's it's? Oh goodness! I get emotional uh, watching baptisms. Mm. I'm telling. There's some about that man. Just that that declaration. That that you know, being submersed in the water, coming back up. Oh gosh, dang! Yeah, it gets me. It gets me. I don't even have to know the person. I I love that. I love. Love the redemption story. I, gosh darn, there's nothing, nothing better. I, I, you were talking about movies. <clears throat> it made me think. I think it was maybe this last year or the year before. Um, as a kid, loved the movie. I think it's Scrooge with Bill Murray. Mm. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. love that movie as a kid. Thought it was great, and I was like, "Yeah, hey, I'm gonna introduce my <laughs> kids to that." You know, and we sat down to watch it, and it's like at the beginning of the movie, and he's, you know, he's the big wig, um, and they're doing some commercial or something like that. And he draw he says the Lord's name in vain. <clears throat> he does it, and I cringe. I'm like, yeah. oh gosh. 
he does it again and I'm done. I'm done. And I end up shutting it off. And I was so embarrassed because as a kid, I thought that was a yeah, fantastic movie, super funny. And I was just so embarrassed that I was yeah. going to, you know, I wanted to this, watch that with my kids, like something that, because I, I did that with Karate Kid, like, oh man, I love this as a kid and let's watch this. And it was hard to get my kids the, engaged, but the past you know. couple of years has been like that, um, at our household, like I'll tell Shay, I'm like, cause she, she didn't watch like a lot of movies. Like I grew up watching a ton of movies. So I'll be like, oh man, let's watch this. I used to laugh at this, put it on like 10 minutes. And I'm like, I can't believe I used to laugh at that. That's just filthy. Yeah. So you change, you change. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm trying to think of that movie still. The monster one. It's, well, it's, it's new and they have, um, uh, I know y'all have kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One. I have four. Well, you've definitely seen this movie then. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, curious um well no it's that oh golly man i'm just drawing in and out, inside out or something it's yeah well no it's the one it's like one that came out after that um it's with like um they go and this the dad they want to bring their dad back oh and, yeah. uh, oh, uh, um, and he only has like half a body yeah yep. i know what you're talking about i haven't uh, seen that one yet so i t- I, I i teared up at that one you know yeah, that was a cool. That was a cool movie, though. Yeah. Emery. So I have a three year old. I have seventeen to three oh, is wow. the age range, and so uh, my three year old. Yeah, Man, you're, that, you're older than you look. Then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, <laughs> looking young. Uh, she she had to have that on repeat, man. Like, oh, that movie. Uh, yeah. Well, she goes through seasons where it's like that. Whatever, whatever movie. It's we got to watch that re- repeatedly. My my daughter is Doc McStuffins, and she has her little uh, little. Uh, surgical kit, like doctor kit, mm-hmm. and she, and she has the th- little thing that you look at the, you look in your eyes and your ear, yeah, and she'll go, "Daddy, eyes, eyes," and she'll slam that thing oh, in my man. eye. Yeah. I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. yeah, we try to, we try to uh, introduce her to the classic, so like Lion King and that. Oh so, yeah, 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 she's yeah. she's a fan, so it's good. Um, I did want to. I wanted to ask you in so in your process uh, of so how many so do you are you a guy that keeps track of like how long you've been clean and sober are you that guy no okay I mean I I, I was t- uh, 11 12 years mm-hmm. I uh, was at a wrestling tournament this last weekend and I ran into it a, a, a high school friend yeah I think he was a senior when I was a freshman and and he wanted to be a cool kid. We hung out a lot. We're good friends. Um, we got in a lot of trouble. And by God's grace, we we lived through it. Yeah. Um, anyway, he was telling me, he's like, yeah, it's been, I think he said 14 years or something to that effect uh, when I saw him. And so that he he is that guy. Um, but he's had to go through the, the program, and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's doing some cool stuff now. But, yeah, completely... Uh, and in he, you know, his story would be interesting as well. But at any rate, um, yeah, I, I wanna, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. <clears throat> well, I'll, I'll, I want to tell a quick story, actually. If um, For, first, because it's important, the movie was called Onward. <laughs> Amen. There you there go. We, need, we needed to know. <laughs> right, there you go. I want to tell a quick story on how I. Um, it was a very defining moment in my life, and how it transformed me to um, realize on. Uh, especially with dealing with these girls now and why these bad things happen to you. Like why do bad things happen to good people? All of that. Mm-hmm. I want to tell a quick story on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was working at teen challenge of Texas and uh, you get assigned an advisor or advisee. You're mm-hmm. an advisor. And cause obviously there's, there was 35 guys there. And so 
you you can't you can't have just the director be able to take so it's like i was in charge of like four or five guys and i could you know i got their meds if their meds you know i got if they had like medicine and they i would take them i would be in charge of like contacting their parents or if they, if they are like a loved one or something like that or um kind of like j- a caseworker yeah or kind of and like um you know if they needed to go to probation i'd drive them to just like i was in charge of them if they had mm-hmm. any need so this guy named Corey, who um, this guy named Corey, he was one of my advisors. He's nineteen years old, and he was actually he he was one of those that got court ordered a Teen Challenge, mm-hmm. and so he actually made a uh, a pipe bomb. It was basically a glorified firecracker, and oh. got caught with it, and got felony probation for it when he was 16, mm-hmm. 16, 17. And so he was a minor, but he still got put on felony probation for it. And so if you know anything about felony probation, if you get arrested while you're on that, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. And so he actually got sh- caught shoplifting twice oh, man. while he was on felony probation. And so he was facing uh, prison time, 19-year-old kid, right? And so he... Uh, Another thing an advisee does, um, they'll go to court on their behalf. And so I would go and testify. Uh, if we have time, remind me the very first time I ever did this. If I tell, tell you that story, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> but uh, so I was, sometimes you go and you testify uh, on their behalf, say, hey, he's doing good. He's met all of our requirements to make him look you know, good so he doesn't go sit, get sent to prison. Mm-hmm. Prison so he can get sent um, uh uh, back to, cause he didn't finish the program. He'd been there for like nine months or so. So he still needed to finish. So, um, we, I, I get to court and you know, we, the test, the, the sentencing is, is starting and, uh, the judge cynicism, cynicism, cynicism to three years in prison. And his mom is sitting next to me. She cries out in the courtroom and says, no, my baby. And the judge says, ma'am, you cannot be talking like that in my courtroom. If you're going to do that, please leave. And I'm sitting there cause it's a pretty intense moment. And, uh, cause there's, I didn't think that was going to happen. I'm like, this dude literally, uh, made a pop pipe bomb firecracker mm-hmm. and shoplifted twice. And he has to go to prison for three years, <laughs> you yeah, know? And I'm yeah. just like, I, I, I had a realization, um, with the Lord. It was one of, it was a defining moment in my life. And I was like, so I've done a lot worse things than Corey did. Why does he get this and not me? Why didn't I get that? Because mm. I deserve that. I deserve probably more than that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was just trying to feel like, like, what? Um, and so uh, I have this from Corey, if I can find it, because um, he lets me tell his story. And it's what he said about his time, because um, he... So this would be after. This is after. Okay. I actually messaged him um, a, a few months ago because I tell a story um, mm-hmm. because I feel like it. It's very relevant to today. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, "I'm so grateful for that day." I tell people all the time that my that Teen Challenge shaped my spirituality, and pris- prison shaped who I am. I love who I am because of the lessons I've learned. That was what made me me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just. You don't think at the time, you know, that you're like, man, you went to like, you did, you went through like, that must've been a hard time, you know, Mm -hmm. but yet that's made him who he is. Yeah. Just like a lot of these girls here that have faced everything. That's what's made like now 
God's made you who you are and how many people can you reach now for God in the kingdom? And, and there's a purpose and there's a purpose for that. And so that's kind of like why I started talking about that a lot was that moment in my life, realizing that, um, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at, like it, that, that can shape who you are mm-hmm. as a person. So Yeah. yeah well, absolutely. I mean, James one, right. Consider it pure joy when you face trials oh, yeah. of many kinds. Well, right? so, um, so we're going to come up on two hours. I don't know what other questions we had. You, I, you had something that I interrupted you. Oh, that's right. Go ahead. Well, I, do, I'm, I don't have anything either. I'm just saying I, w- I would like to end on um, what people can do to get connected, to help, to get involved. I always want to kind of end on a platform for you for, to do that. But. Right I, I did want to ask, um, in your, <clears throat> from your process of graduating the, the program, to to even where you're at today, uh, what has been, uh, what have been some of the not just highlights, but some of the those moments where where you can cry out to God and, and just be be so thankful or 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 uh, just praise God for allowing you to just be just be a vessel, right? I mean, I don't know if that's if that's a this young man uh, Corey that you spoke about um, being able to keep in touch with him, being able to see that transformation happen in his life. Um, I, I don't know what those what yeah. that would look like, but I, I guess I'm just curious, man. Uh, surely you you do this so long. There's got to be a lot of heartbreak, right? Uh, in that, man, you want the best for these these kids or these men, um, and and they just they just it's not. It's not what they want, and so they walk away or whatever. So there's got to be a lot of that as well. Yeah. Uh, but I guess on the other side of that, what is what does that look like for you? Yeah, there's there's a lot of those moments. Mm-hmm. I would say, as far as like uh, family wise, I mean, the birth of my kids. I mm-hmm. mean, it's like whenever we actually had our child, our our son Nolan, named after Nolan Ryan, the greatest pitcher to ever live. Uh, he. So we actually had him at our at at the house that I, the the classroom that mm-hmm. we used to live there, and we actually had him. Um, uh, shout out to Jen, um, with a, a midwife that mm-hmm. came out and had that that experience. She had him in the tub and everything, and that was cr- an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone ever wants to do that, like COVID kind of led us to do that because mm-hmm. she didn't want like something to happen to where she was separated from her child sure, yeah. because she might have you know, hurt somebody. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I would say that, that, uh, having, and being able to see like, you know, your daughter, um, you know, call you daddy, you know, and mm-hmm. like, and, and just being able to just be a father and, and an actual dad and being able to, um, uh, being a husband, you know, celebrating nine years. I cannot believe it's been that long since I've been married. Um, just those kind of things have just been, um, uh, mind boggling to me to be able to, um, to do that. And then also, um, I would say the breakthroughs some of these girls have, mm-hmm. we like some girls who wouldn't even, we have one girl that I, we went to the fair whenever, I guess it was somewhat of a fair, but, um, we handed out Bible tracks with, um, uh, a church and we, this girl couldn't even walk up to someone and talk to them and hand, uh, a, a Bible track to her. And now she's given her testimony on stage. Man, that's cool. And so, um, when, when you, you have girls that, um, I had, uh, one girl tell me that I was a father figure to her, you know, mm-hmm. a 17 year old girl mm-hmm. and to 
me, I'm I'm thirty. I'm I'll be thirty six tomorrow, actually. Uh, and well, happy, so to be happy birthday. thanks. Yeah. Uh, to be able to be thirty six years old and to have a seventeen year old girl say that I'm a father, it's kind of mind boggling again. And just to be able to um, to to hear that and to see the the chains being broken and mm-hmm. to be able to have. You know, you know, another cool thing is whenever, cause I preach, you know, every night and I, and I do a lot, I do some counseling and I teach a lot and to have some of the interns here or some of the senior students here start talking like you a little bit mm-hmm. and start like saying some of the things that you say, mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of cool because, yeah. you know, I, I joke because a lot of the men's, I've worked at a men's program and an adolescent program. The men seem to be like, they're absolutely stuck in their ways sometimes mm-hmm. and you can't, they're it's just, you know, 40, 50 year old man, you know, they're stuck, but these girls are very impressionable mm-hmm. and they actually have someone, you know, people in their life that are actually, you know, not going to leave them that are here for them and wanting to help them. And they're actually positive influences in their life and for the first time. And so, you know, some would are, you know, you, you could say that we're actually raising them to be, you know, mm-hmm. um, which we are, but to be able to have them actually have those, put those practice put those things in practice and to be able to see that is, mm-hmm. is amazing, man. Mm. And cause I mean, some of these girls uh, come in with so much anger and so much strife and to be able to, I was talking to a girl, um, again, sorry, I ramble, but I was talking to a girl just last night after chapel, she came up to me and she was like, um, uh, going through something. I was like, and I asked her just a simple question. Have you ever relaxed in your life? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And she th- sat there and she was like, I don't, I don't think I ever have <laughs> because if you, because she's, she's, um, if you look at her, she's six foot tall, she's basketball, like she was going to be a scholarship and all of this. And it kind of went backwards on her a little bit. She could still do it. She's a very talented athlete. And so she comes from a, a bunch of athletes in her family. And so she, um, was like, no, I don't, think I have like, mm. cause she's been striving to, you know, meet these expectations. Mm. And she even thinks here, like, <gasps> even if she's upset, she wants to be like, okay, well, like I do this. And I'm like, just relax, you know, just, just calm down, you know? And so mm. just little things like that, that you, you know, uh, can see, you know, in the, in the, in the you know, in these girls. So, so what, uh, what is a day to day? Like, uh, what does a day to day look like for these young ladies? So, so they, they go to school, obviously regular school hours. They go to school from, uh, 10 AM to 4 PM. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have chapel every morning, Monday through Friday from 9 AM to 10 AM, which I'm going to have on record that at least one of y'all are going to come out and do that one, one okay. morning. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, we do that Monday through Friday. Um, we have volunteers come in. We have a volunteer that was actually here just as we're speaking and um, uh, coming in and uh, teaching. It's good to have a these girls, especially on the on, on the women's side, to have a positive female, you know, um, role model kind mm. of thing and someone mm. to look because a lot of them haven't had that. And so, 
it's, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of women come in and, and try to help out and, and teach and, and stuff like that and, and, and teach them leadership skills and just regular skills. But, um, but yeah, and then, uh, they have like free time and they have chores. They have to shovel manure back there. We have a horse and mm-hmm. alpacas, chickens and ducks and stuff, which right. I don't think I showed you all the horse, but mm-hmm. she's sassy. The girls argue or, or they have a kind of a joke where she, Rosie, the horse is a teen challenge student too, because <laughs> she's so sassy and, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so they, um, we have a bunny and, uh, it's, it's really therapeutic for some of the girls to have that. And mm-hmm. also it teaches them, uh, work ethic and sure. which is yeah, very important, yeah. uh, nowadays. So, um, uh, but yeah, and then, uh, evening we do uh teen challenge curriculum. And, uh, like I said, I preach once a week and I try to, I try to do at least a class maybe once a week as well. And, um, and when you say class, like what is, well, is I'm, that a teen challenge? Is that a curriculum or is that? Yeah. Uh, okay. so yeah. Um, but I also, I do a leadership class. Uh, I'm starting one soon. Mm-hmm. There's, um, uh, we do something called an exit strategies where these girls, whenever they get to leave their program mm-hmm. that they, uh, cause whenever you leave, it's like, okay, what now? Right. Um, like, what am I going to do? What church am I going to go to church? What am I going to have a job? Where am I going to go to school? All mm-hmm. those questions I want answered before they leave. Mm-hmm. So there's right. no stress. They have everything worked out. And, uh, um, so I call that an ex- exit strategy. And so, so whenever they leave, there's no stress. They just know exactly what they're going to do. And they, and this is their plan. And so we have a plan in action and I do leadership type skills and, and so forth. Um, um, because I have a background in marketing. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of where I just, you know, my job before here. And so mm-hmm. we did a lot of, uh, leadership classes and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, that's basically it. And then like on, on during the summer, um, they have, uh, some of them will take summer classes just because they want to graduate maybe a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I tell parents, you know, um, uh, one of the hard things that these girls have to do is not only are they working, you know, on themselves and getting themselves right, they also have to go to high school at the same time. And right. so it can be kind of, um, a, t- a tough period here and there, but at the same time, um, uh, summer is, pr- is, is a fun time. We have some trips coming up. I'm a, I like to go hiking and, and stuff like that. And, and, uh, you know, we have Colorado right next to us. So, mm-hmm. um, last year we went to seven falls. I made all the girls go up on the stairs and, yeah. um, and they, even though they didn't want to, I made them all go do it It's uh, uh, I'm a big believer in uh, unity commanding a blessing. And mm-hmm. I feel like if we're unity as a group, uh, uh, we have unity as a group, then God will bless it and bless this ministry. And mm-hmm. so, uh, especially in our staff, so I'll make them all go up and climb. Mm-hmm. So sure. good. Uh, do you have any uh, of them, the girls once they leave the program, I guess years later, or however long you've been doing this, uh, kind of connect with you guys, reach out and see where they're at or. Yeah. So we have like a, um, we actually just implemented it. Teen challenge has actually got an app and we're going to start, it's called sober peer. And, uh, uh, it's basically, um, you have like uh, someone running it and it's basically, you have, uh, it's like a, basically like a Facebook, but it's like with, just teen challenge alumni for this center. And so if you have any questions or if there's any, anything like that, if you need help, it also, 
Um, it's pretty cool. Like um, beforehand, like if I have a student says, okay, I shouldn't be in this area or this area, you can mark those areas. And if they like on their phone, if they go to their, that area, it'll trigger that and it'll ping oh. that and text you or email you. Mm-hmm. It's just for extra level of accountability for yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it does a lot of things like that. And it's just uh, basically just uh, so you're um, so you have a, a community of other people to that have, you know are going through that as well, and and so we're, we're trying to implement that. Also, I I, just, I make sure that they know um, uh, that I I'm always here for them, uh, and that they can always call or, or, or text or whatever. And my wife as well. So, what are the key distinctions uh, with the Teen Challenge as far as you? I'm you obviously you guys minister to such a variety of people and, and circumstances. Um, what are the, what are the core things that, that equip people to, uh, overcome that and then to be able to live productive and healthy? I mean, I'm looking at you and listening to your story, man. And, and obviously, uh, you're not perfect. No, none of us are, but dang, man, you've come a long way and that's, that's to the glory of God. Um, but what, what is it that teen challenge does? What are those core distinctions? Hey, these are deep, deep questions. <laughs> um, if if I understand the question cor- correctly, I mean, I would say one of the good things, uh, one of the um, big things Teen Challenge does um, is, and I think we kind of touched on it before, like it, it's so good at taking the the people that feel like they are absolutely – um, not like, like the world is written off and it takes them there. There's power in that mm-hmm. people. It's a, it's addictive. Like whenever you go to rallies and, and these girls tell their testimonies and they tell like their story, um, people are attracted. just like, you know, you were saying kind of early, like it's just, there's something about that and there's mm-hmm. power there. Mm-hmm. Whenever, um, uh, you, you see someone like myself or these girls get completely transformed mm-hmm. to a totally different person. Yeah. And one of the things as far as testimonies is these girls, um, they have powerful testimonies and mm-hmm. to be able to have the guts to be able to go on stage and tell about these, you know, this time that you were sexually abused or like some of this and to be able to have that confidence Mm -hmm. in that is huge. Also, I would say, um, getting trust with family. And I Mm -hmm. meant to hint on this before. I don't remember if I did, but my family, it took a while. I I think I did. It took a while to trust me again. Mm -hmm. It's really big for these girls because some of them are going back to high school Mm -hmm. and, and to be able to have that trust with family, and this is one of the big things we do zoom counseling calls, mm-hmm. pastoral counseling. And one of the things that we do with family is make sure that, you know, um, if, cause they can't hide them in their room, their daughter in their room forever. Right. Like they're going to have to experience the world. And so to be able to have communication and trust there is so huge. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that I, 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 t- I we, we try to get, um, the parents on the same page with is, you know, where the trust is. And so if they go and they screw up and, 
you know, cause you know, again, it's not if you mess up, it's when that they go to their parents and they say, Hey, I did this instead of the parents finding out about it. Cause if the parents found out about it, then it's back to square one. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're hiding this stuff from me again. Mm-hmm. So if they're, if you go, okay, well I smoked a cigarette or I did this or, you know, Hey mom, I, I, I went here instead of here and you own up to it and you're able to communicate that it's going to go way more better Mm -hmm. as far as trust goes in the future. And so that's a big deal. Um, You know, it's a big deal. I I had one girl come in and, you know, she ran away from home, Mm -hmm. but all she was doing was going to a friend's house. Why wouldn't she just tell her parents, you know, Hey, I'm going to my friend's house. She just chose to not tell them and run away. I don't know if it's just the generation now that is is want to be more and defi- more defiant. That could be it. It literally says that in the word, you know, that mm-hmm. in the end times that's going to happen. And so, um, but that's just that defiance and be able to know that you can. Uh, the parents and but it has to go both ways. The parents have to be able to um, give their kids some leeway a little bit, right? Not look at them in the same lens, right? I mean, no. I, I feel like that's that's a big part of it, right? Is you had kind of talked earlier about not wanting to go back to Dallas Fort Worth just simply because that you knew that that wasn't going to be productive. How do you equip these kids, particularly the ones that are going to go back into sort of the same old situation, not fall in the same rut. Um, and like you, you, the parent piece is a huge piece, right? Because, uh, they have to be working through this stuff as well, I yeah. assume, right? Like you can't, you can't send them off for twelve months and and sort of pick right back up where you left off. I mean, we've we've got to grow together, and I'm not going to look at you in the same lens, so that when you when you do mess up, I'm not saying, oh, here we go with the same old stuff. I'm looking at you with compassion and saying, okay, what what is going on? Was there a trigger or or? did you just slip or, or, or we, we getting in a pattern or that kind of thing or, and yeah. I could be completely off, but no, that's good. That's, that's a big reason why we teen challenge is making that app and making mm-hmm. it to where, you know, there is someone there <clears throat> and uh, you have, there's a community of people that have been, kind of been, and that's why I want a teen challenge uh, graduates, a parent to be in charge of that mm-hmm. because you have a new student and they'll say, you know, she's been here for a couple of weeks and she's like, um, oh, well, I don't. And the parents kind of like, I didn't know this is how this was going to be. Or that kind of, she can rely on a other parent, be like the parent, be like, oh, I thought the same thing too. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You know, and kind of walk them through that. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I forgot the first part of your question though. Well, I guess what is the sort of the practical pieces how are you equipping these girls to get back to go back into that situation they left and and sort of helping them be successful or is it i mean what does that look like yeah so i so yeah so that so that's a a big a big a big thing is is we want to start like an alumni kind of thing but i would say again um it's to make sure that they know when they screw up it's okay to say something and to Mm -hmm. be able to be communicate and, and trust that everything is going to be okay and know that you're not letting god down that um that uh it that it's okay and um but also we want to as part of an exit strategy. So I want to know, so who are the friends you're going to hang out with? Why don't we call them? Why don't we have a call phone call? So this is your friend. You're going to, let's say, what, what church are you going to go to? Let's call that pastor mm-hmm. and make the pastor say, Hey pastor, that we have a graduate here or the youth minister or mm-hmm. someone in that church, like a influencer in the church, whatever that is. 
and say, okay, well, she's going to be coming here and going to this church. If she stops going, mm-hmm. why don't you, um, maybe you can tell the parents or you can maybe encourage her like a, a kind of like a, a, there's a, like a life group or something like that. That's mm-hmm. in the church, whatever. Um, we just want to make sure everybody's revolved for accountability. Accountability is very important. Sure. And so, um, I may, I want to make sure that, um, uh, that there's accountability in place as well. Um, but, but all I, I mean, basically you're going to make the decision that you're going to make, mm-hmm. but to know that it's okay to make mistakes, to have accountability and make sure the parents, um, are on board and make sure that they're able to try. That's basically how we have that set up. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, for me, I've seen people with an exit strategy, um, I've never seen a teen challenge graduate have nothing to do when they graduate and just be like, okay, what do I do now? I'm okay. lost. Mm-hmm. I've never had that happen. Um, there, we always, God always gives you a plan for the next season of your, in your mm-hmm. life. Good. And so, um, we set them up for their next season in their life, um, with accountability and make sure that, um, there's also, uh, we teen challenge, it's all, it's worldwide, man. Mm-hmm. And so I have a girl, um, that, uh, we, like I said, we have two interns here, um, that they possibly, you know, you see this transformation in this program, you kind of want to be a part of it just like I was. Mm-hmm. And so we have an internship, um, that you can come through. We have two right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, uh, you know, I've worked for teen challenge of Oklahoma, you know, now Kansas and Texas. Mm-hmm. I've met people all over the country that works for teen challenge. And so let's say you want to volunteer there, or you want to intern there, maybe you want to possibly be in ministry in the future, that opportunity is as well. And if I was a single 18-year-old kid, um, we have ties all over the world. Um, I have director friends that go to, uh, that are directors of the Puerto Rico Teen Challenge, which I'm trying to want to set up a mission uh, trip and take the girls down there. Um, that'd be a fun yeah, trip, cool. you yeah. know? But if you want to intern on the beach, man, you know, you the Caribbean, <laughs> sure. you know, uh, uh, that's what I would be shooting for. I mean, there's an opportunity um, for that. And also, uh, Teen Challenge has Teen Challenge Ministry um, uh, School that you can go through. Um, there's a lot of different Bible colleges that we have contacts with that we can set them up if they want to pursue ministry as mm-hmm. well. Man, that's awesome. Cool. My goodness. Um, <clears throat> it's it's kind of a random question. I'm not trying to bring up like a hot topic on purpose, but my brain was just wondering, these girls that you get, have you dealt with anything uh, someone maybe struggling with like gender identity. Cause we talked about like the world giving them the lie <clears throat> and uh, not knowing who they are. That's a hot one now. Yeah. So I haven't ran into that yet. Um, I will say that, um, I, you know, I just want to be like Jesus. I mean, yeah. he, he's who I strive for. And, you know, Jesus hung out with, um, all kinds of people, you know, the people that the world absolutely could not stand. That's who he was with. That's another reason I like Teen Challenge because that's that's who we are. We're the people that Jesus came for. Is is the Teen Challenge folk, right? Mm-hmm. And so I I can say that um, with me, um, all I want to do, you know, you know, I'll give you like so if Jesus is, you know, he's hanging out with, um, you know, Matthew or whatever tax collector, you know, hanging out, and it's probably a rowdy bunch. They're probably cussing, drinking, whatever they're doing. And Jesus, Jesus isn't correcting them. He's not saying, hey, shouldn't cuss over there. 
You know, that you know, let's not do that. That's a sin. That's not what Jesus he's probably sitting there just being Jesus and being a good example, right? And so that's all I do here is we just love on people. I don't push anything on anybody. Um, I let God do all of that. And he just I have him work. He's way better at it than me. Um, all I can do is preach the truth. Right, um, like right. your opening says, just let them hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to, uh, I just let God do the rest. And I mean, I, you don't have to be saved in order to graduate. Um, I'm not going to force uh, anything on anybody. And so um, I, j- as long as all of the girls here are protected, because mm-hmm. uh, they're my sheep, and if uh, it, I protect, I will protect them at all costs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but um, as long as that's okay, I will let anybody in. Doesn't matter, and right, I will, I'll, right. and, I, and I'll love on them. And, right. But as far as yeah. that goes, I don't know how I would handle it. Um, I would <laughs> lean on the Lord to to guide me there. Um, and, uh, um, I have definitely ran into it, um, you know, in the, in the men's program, um, guys struggling with homosexuality, that kind of thing. And, um, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's sin and to, uh, treat it as anything else is disgusting or your subpar is completely the opposite of the gospel. And, um, uh, we're all sinners. We all struggle. And so that's basically, how I treat everything here. Mm. And so mm-hmm. if someone is pointing at someone and saying, you know, you're just a horrible, you know, whatever. I mean, that's not, that's not Jesus. I mean, that's not what I do. I mean, look at yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you're a horrible sinner. Well, we all are. You I know? like what you said. Is your answer was, I would just, I'm going to rely on him and, and stand on the word. That's, and that's what yeah. we try to do. Give him the truth. That's yeah. Yeah. which is God's word. So, yeah. yeah. And that's why I tell a lot of parents here. I mean, they're, um, uh, they're, a lot of parents here really don't aren't spiritual aren't mm. i mean they they just want to they just want a positive environment for their kid oh, okay. and so um um i tell i tell the parents that i'm cuz we had a parent come in recently who um uh whose mother was in, in more a mormon and so i mean uh as far as that goes again i'm going to preach the gospel and it, whatever they uh, and I tell the parents, I'm like, I'm not going to push anything on you. I'm not going to force them to pray. I'm not going to force them to pray for people. I'm not going to, but they have to be respectful and they have to go to chapel services because that's what we do here. Okay. And they have to listen to me preach. <laughs> okay. Sure. So, uh, and they have like, they have to be involved. They have to go to church, you know, and we do all of this and this is, but they, they can sit there. They don't have to, they can sit there and, you know sing a song in their head, but they have to be there and be respectful. Yeah. Sure. That's good. Yeah. So how can, uh, are, <clears throat> we're probably going to, are we? 2.15? Well, I don't really, I'm all right with that. But yeah, I, I guess too, yeah. I, what I'm curious <laughs> about is uh, how can people, say the listener, how can we partner with with Teen Challenge, uh, Victory House? How can people get involved? What is What are the needs? I mean, what does well, that all I want to like? say this too, uh, just before he answers, uh, this is a joy. We love doing this because, uh, and I think the first one we started with was, well, I think Greg was our first guest, but um, Hope's Place. Yeah. And so. Oh, so you definitely know Joel then. Yeah. Because he's on the board. Oh, yes. I think he's, I think yeah, he's on the yeah. board there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things we love is that, you know, I think there's this uh, misconception that people think if, if, if I want to do big things, if God wants to use me to do big things, I got to go travel across the other side of the world 
and that's just not true. Or have They're, to have it amen. all together. Right, there's, yeah. right, or be qualified, you know, have it yeah. all. Um, there's stuff going on right in our backyard. And so that's why doing this is a, such a joy for us because the small circle that we have who listens to this gets to f- hear like, wow, I didn't even know this was in Brewster. I didn't know that, and this is going on. So that's, again, we want to give you that platform to go, man, you know, pitch. What's, what, what are you guys doing? What help do you need? How can people reach out and get connected? And so we'll leave that to you. Um, yeah. So first off, I mean, we have a, um, a Facebook, um, which I'm, uh, if, uh, you, basically you just type in Brewster, um, teen challenge, victory house, uh, teen challenge on Facebook. I don't, uh, I'm not very t- Facebook savvy. I'm with you, man. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, uh, but you know, uh, what kind of what you said, uh, one of my favorite quotes is God doesn't call the qualified. Mm. He, he qualifies the called. Mm. Uh, and so, um, cause if we, we can pretend that we're qualified <clears throat> to do certain things and it's, you know, it, it just doesn't work out that way sometimes. And, but, um, but yeah, God is doing amazing things here, um, to think that he can, uh, help as many people as he, cause I can tell you, you think that, uh, not many students come out. We are usually on a waiting list. There's oh, okay. people, yeah, there's pe- there's girls needing help all the time and we want to expand. We want to get bigger. We also want to, um, make sure cause God is trying to do something in a men's program in Alton, Kansas, and God's trying to do something in a women and children's, uh, program in Kingman. And so, um, finances are needed for that. And, and volunteers are needed. If you have an awesome story to share for these girls to hear hundred percent needed, mm. that's probably, that's more needed than finances. And so, um, uh, for, like I said, in the very beginning for, I saw something special in this area because first off, um, we're in that kind of area that, I mean, California, you have California, Colorado, and then you have here. Right. And it's just like, um, some people don't want to send their kids to, to stay in California. Mm-hmm. They don't want to send them to stay in Colorado. They want them a little bit further away so they can get better. And so we're the first stop. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, um, that's a big reason why we get a lot of calls and, but yeah, you can go on our website. Actually it's new and improved website. Um, oh my God, I think it's on our Facebook, but it's, uh, um, tcvictoryhouse.org, I believe. Um, tcvictoryhouse.org. And, um, there's a, uh, a section, um, that says contact. Um, and that goes directly to my email. If you have any messages there, um, uh, or you can message on Facebook. My wife uh, runs that and she'll be able to respond there. Um, if you, one of the biggest things, uh, I guess, biggest needs, um, here is always like paper products, canned goods, food, um, that kind of thing. As far as, uh, this ministry goes, you got to thank, uh, and also like, like feminine products, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to thank you. Have, uh, also, the girls once a week they do their nails and hair and stuff like that. They have like a fun night on set. I'm never involved in that, but well, that's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. But, I, but yeah, so they do that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and they. Uh, but I mean, like if you're able to give like maybe like uh, nail polish or any girls. I don't like I said. I don't know much about it. Sure, right. The girls that are listening, they know. But yeah. if they know. Um, uh, they can um, send those kinds of things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to just think there's 
10, 12, 10 to 12 teenage girls here, mm-hmm. whatever you feel like they would need or want sure. um, is needed. They also, you know, they uh, eat chocolate on fun night and they have their chocolate sure. and stuff like that. Sure. Um, we have a restaurant in Goodland that um, comes out and they'll, they'll feed the girls one night and bring food. Uh, and um, uh, it's always, food is always cool. Uh, cool. good for, for here. And, and those, who is that? Or do you mind saying or no? You don't have to if you don't want to. Uh, I, I, I did want to ask you a question, though. Um, so how, you have 10, 10 young ladies. And Ann Myers from Westport on Maine. Okay. Oh, you Westport. know where that place oh, okay. is? Okay. Yeah, yeah, great, awesome. great lady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very nice. Shout lady. out to them. I mean, they're, they're absolutely. Awesome. Yes, yes. She's actually bringing <laughs> uh, spaghetti and garlic bread and stuff yeah. for the girls. Uh, and so, and we have like on our. Uh, it doesn't seem like it. They eat a lot, man. Sure. They eat a lot. That's like a small army. That's two basketball yeah. teams, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I wanted to ask you, so 10 young ladies, three kids at home, a wife, what do you do to to unwind? What do you do to to maintain yourself? Or or I guess you don't do that on your own, but yeah, so like for you, man? Um, I, I was playing racquetball quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to, I haven't ran in a while, um, because I can't stand running in cold weather. Sure. I guess that's a, especially here lately, it's been absolutely crazy cold. Yeah. Um, but I like to run, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, working out is, 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 is really, really good. Um, and then, uh, my, I don't know, I like to eat. Um, I, we've tried every restaurant though, I think in a 50 mile radius here now. Um, so we like to so take the kids and them, go, huh? no, my, 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 yeah. no, I have taken that. And I actually, I love to take them all into Walmart or something. My, mm-hmm. my, my wife thinks I'm crazy to do that, but you got to think I took in, I took 35 men. <clears throat> I would roll 35 deep in a church and, Man. and taking, taking them out. Um, 10 girls is nothing. Right. And I also <laughs> really love to embarrass them. Mm. Um, it's just, I guess a dad thing. Yeah, for sure. And so taking them into, uh, like a Walmart or a store and just being goofy and mm-hmm. having kind of some, you know, you can have normal fun, you know, mm-hmm. um, sure. I like to teach them that and show them that. And so, um, yeah, I'll take them out like that. Um, absolutely. And, um, like I said, we want to, uh, we, we're going on a trip. We're actually going to, um, a concert, uh, seven day slumber. Have y'all heard of them guys? Oh yeah. Um, we're, they're going to be in garden city. Joseph awesome. Rojas, you should probably reach out to his people and get oh, him man. on a podcast, man. Dude, that guy. I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Pretty cool. Yeah. Huge fan. Are you a Christian rock type of guy? Oh yeah. Do you, cause I go oh, back, yeah. I go back a ways cause I, like I grew up in church and I'm a huge like demon hunter guy. Uh-huh. Um, and, um, I like to mix PX a lot, but they've kind of gotten kind of what weird. What do you, wow, you think about Skillet? About <laughs> skillet? Uh, oh yeah. I like Skillet. Yeah. yeah. I like their older stuff. I'm not really a big fan of the newer newer stuff, but I mean, I don't know what Collide I think was the album. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the greatest rock have albums. You heard I think Victorious, their latest one. I don't think I have. I like uh, it, man. Is it good? Yeah, I like Fireflight though. Fireflight. Yeah. I'm not a huge. Okay, I'm not. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I was going to sound like a go off. No, no I you like. Can't. I like. I'm, so I'm not like a huge. Uh, and this is just personal preference, but like female, uh, like, uh, like soft music. I don't, I'm not like a huge fan. Right. Like I can listen to like casting crowns or something like that. That's, that's a little soft. Right. Um, but like chick rockers, I could, I you a like, leaf guy? Do you uh, like man, that's, that's old school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Lacey Sturm. 
she actually uh, um, put out a new song recently too. She's she rocks, man. Yeah, I see. I could get. I get into that. I like Firefly, man. I feel like yeah. they're, they're the real deal. She's a Teen Challenge gal. She um, not. I mean, she has experience because I know that we did a. Uh, Teen Challenge does a lot of concerts too. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll set up a table if we, you know, haul their equipment for free. Mm-hmm. We'll let, be able to set up a table. A lot of times we've done that. I've got to meet a lot of cool artists that way, like no Brandon Heath, Matt Marr. Uh-huh. Uh, Matt Marr was one of my a cool one to meet. Um, yeah. But they uh, uh, um, forgot where I was going. But yeah, Fireflight actually, we got to give her a cross, and Man, she knows about cool. Teen Challenge. She's yeah. she's a cool girl. Mm. What about like We Are Human? Do what? Uh, yeah, I've human. heard of them. Yeah, they're yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, Thousand of a Crush is another one that uh-huh. I really like. Yeah. Uh, he did a Love and Death. Have you heard of uh, uh, Brian Head from Corn? Yeah, Welsh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're Love and Death. They just put out a new album. Lacey Sturm is actually, they cover a Justin Bieber song. Oh, no kidding. On that album. It's, <laughs> it's awesome, though, yeah, man. That so album good. is, I've, I've, and then John Foreman uh, from, I like Switchfoot. Okay, uh, yeah. Um, I kind of like their new stuff. Yeah. I I'm, I'm not mad at it. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, I can um uh, I'm a, I'm a huge I've seen Switch for like 6 times a lot. No kidding. But yeah, I'm a, I want to take the girls to the 7th Day Slammer. That guy was um oh, uh, hardcore on drugs, man. And yes. He has a he has a powerful testimony. Absolutely. Well, and the thing I like about him is he's that dude is not a wuss. No. At all. Like he he puts it out there. Yeah. I follow him on social media and he gets with it. I, yeah. I love it. I love it cuz I love the the platform and that he's not, he's not afraid to say what needs to be said and to call out hypocrisy. I mean, I love it because I feel like there's so many artists out there that are not willing to do that, to use that platform. And I think as, as a Christian and you know, this is probably more of where Joseph and I are is just that we need to engage the culture and not be pushed and driven by the culture. You know, we need to stand against what we need to stand against, right? Like if the Bible speaks on it and has authority over it, we need to stand on it. Now, if it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Let's shut up. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, so anyway, that that's one of the things I really appreciate about uh, Seventh Day Slumber. So. Yeah, absolutely. Danny Goki, that guy, he's he speaks like it is. Is that right? Ra- randomly, I'm not a big fan of his music. Uh-huh. Um, I actually had I took he gave me his bicycle actually on a concert. No he was like, I don't have room for this. You uh, want to take this? Sure. <laughs> Random story, but yeah, he um, man, he's he's he he's been saying I follow him on Twitter and he's. Uh-huh. Um, no got, kidding, I didn't know that. Uh, See, John Cooper. Stuff. I never would have thought. Yeah, John Cooper, the lead singer of Skillet. He has a podcast. Yes, and yeah. see, I listen to a lot of his stuff. See, I, I was just, oh, just sort of okay with their music before, but after following him a little bit and kind of like, eh, I don't know, man. Yeah, dude, he's a real deal, and I, I appreciate that. He, I feel like he's the same way with being being willing to say what needs to be said, yeah. um, and I feel like I appreciate his humility in that as well. But um, so I think that's probably more of why I'm I've grown as a fan. Yeah, even as far as Skillet, but I just appreciate. God, I was listening to them the in the nineties, right? Yeah, I was uh, just I'm. I'm putting together a video uh, for a little project I did. And so that's what I, I spent some time this last week just listening to music. And I didn't want to do anything um, just like so mainstream. I kind of want to do something, uh, you know, off the grid a little bit. And I was listening to their like 97 oh, <laughs> album. Yeah. And I was like, my goodness, it's changed a lot, yeah. you know, and which is expected. But I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool because they had, uh, I think, like in the early early nineties, they had like a just a uh, an album of like hymn music. I mean, it was yeah, interesting. Uh, uh, Artnet 
Worship. Yes. Yeah. That's that it. album is amazing, actually. Uh, that, I thought that was cool. God, that album. I, it's one of my faves. Um, but here's, I want to read this uh, Danny Goki quote real quick. Um, you shouldn't worry about what other people think of you. God's truth or opinion about you literally discredits everyone else's opinion and makes their opinions worthless. Absolutely. <laughs> the authority of all things. Over everything. Yeah. That's awesome. I liked it. Yeah. It was good. Danny Goki of all people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very man. cool, man. Um, man, we're two and a half is what we're coming up on. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I feel like um, you f- can follow uh, Victory House on Facebook, and then you have a website there. You put out a lot of needs. Do you, or it, not a lot of needs, but but some of the things and ways that people can partner and help. Uh, yeah, is it's, that all, it's on our website as well. There you go. Oh, okay. okay, that's what what I was gonna yeah. ask. So. Man, cool. so if you're listening, and you enjoyed the story. Uh, please follow uh, Victory House. This is this is an awesome uh, ministry, man. And and I'm thankful that you sit down with us for this time. And absolutely, gosh, absolutely, darn, man. I, so I enjoyed cool. hearing the story. I mean, because I I did enjoy where, hearing where you're at now, and then get to hearing like, whoa, man, that's what you went through, and it all led to this. Uh, I appreciate it. I do want to go ahead. I'm going to speak for both of us and say we'll have a, another podcast with you. Because I would like to, as much as I enjoyed that, uh, I think we could sit down and just talk about anything. Oh, yeah. Again, for another two for and a sure. half hour. I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, <clears throat> um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yes, I concur. Okay, well, if there's uh, nothing else that we can do, uh, Jonathan, again, thank you for having us. Really, Absolutely, man. Really enjoyed it. Uh, brothers and sisters, my goodness, uh, again, big stuff is happening in our 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 community, right in our backyard. Yes. Um, so if you did not know about Team Challenge, you learned a lot today. So, One is such a practical way to to help, right? Yes. I mean, I think that that's uh, – I don't want to keep dragging this thing out, but I think one of the biggest uh, sort of hurdles or, or to get people involved and engaged is like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. How can I help? Where can I help? Right? I mean, it's – you know, oftentimes it's just – it it gets left at the church, right? The pew sitters, or that's where it gets put is in the offering basket. But it's like, look, man, there's a practical way. Like you said, man, if there's a, if you've got a passion and a testimony, these girls need to hear that stuff. That's, that's a practical way. Yeah, absolutely. So there is opportunity. And like you say, Joseph, right in our backyard. So absolutely. And uh, to that again, I'm I'm just going to repeat what you said, but the, the needs are, are there and they're, they're simple. Yeah. Don't come speak. Come give canned goods, feminine products, makeup. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's stuff people, let's be real. A lot of people throw away stuff, which is kind of tugs at your heart, but it's like yeah. there's a simple need there. There's many ways to do it. So. Yeah, I showed okay. I showed y'all my uh my I was trying to cut a door and we we uh I ruined a door. So we need a door. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I, I didn't say it at all. Uh, so I'm an instructor at the carpentry department at the college. Oh. So, I mean, if you need something, if you need a project, to work I, thought, out, I thought you were going to say, I can show you a thing or two. Uh, let, get, out of the way. <laughs> get out of the way. No. So if, uh, it lines up with our schedule, we, we take projects out in the community. Um, that'd be something we can help out with. Cool. Not, that'd be awesome. not just the door, but I mean, anything else. So, yeah. okay. We're going to wrap it up. Brothers and sisters. My goodness. This was a fun episode. Um, it's another one of true discussion until next time. God bless. God bless.